This is Sterling Gates. You're listening to The Flash Podcast. Well, hello, buddy, and welcome back to the Flash Park. Your party for all the great to see the the Flash. Sorry, Grand Cousin S. Perion, aka the Flash. I'm your host, Andy B, as always, and we got, we got, we got quite the party tonight, y'all. So, first of all, we have Lazy, Breeze, and Tar- Lazy and Breeze. Lazy and Tardy are actually here together in their separate party. They're not shared for once. So, Lazy, how are you doing tonight, sir? sorry guys my internet is like struggling right now for some reason i think it knew that i wanted to do something fun and it's like jk you could not have joy <laughs> uh, it's all good um, or breeze's terrible internet has affected us all through don't forget to check the I email again you. for mad's email we can't miss it oh, the okay. call the call out the call out <laughs> <laughs> Did we miss one last week? Is that why? No. Yeah, yeah. I missed. I, I missed reading it last week because my because last week my internet was on the fridge. So oh, then I had to. Oh I, I, I had to do stream it on my phone, being like, "Yeah, let me let me read the comments and let me try click on the intro and everything." So it was it was a disaster. Oh um, but ladies and gentlemen, we are we're joined by some uh, incredible guests tonight. Uh, we are you know we haven't had a proper crossover be- because pandemic. Wonderful, uh, but tonight we actually get to do one, and we uh, because you know we have a little bit of a crossover within the show. Uh, first of all, you've, you've heard her many times on the Flash podcast, she's one of the hosts of Super Great. First of all, welcoming back, Ms. Rebecca Johnson. Rebecca, how are you doing today? Great, thanks for uh, having us back on the Flash podcast, of course. And someone who I had to look back last week and be like, when's the last time I had her on the Flash podcast? It was season two. <laughs> to welcome back uh, one of the other hosts of super radio and the legends moral podcast miss morning glenn and welcome back how are you doing today good it's been a long time since season two <laughs> <laughs> was it i don't know who most of the people are on this show anymore <laughs> i mean don't worry you've missed out on some really terrible episodes so just <laughs> yeah, from- we feel um, good about that. This is actually say- the Cecile podcast now. So. <laughs> she just feels a lot of things, is what I'm sensing. <laughs> Big feeling. Wow, I think she may have given you her power. <laughs> yeah, because in this episode, Cecile was um, you know struggling a little bit. It was funny as we were setting this up because uh, I was like, "Hey, Rebecca, we really want to come on the podcast to talk about Dream. Are you game?" They're like, "Yeah, just know that we haven't watched Flash in a while." I'm like, "Oh, it's fine. We will get you caught, caught up to speed." 50% of it is nonsense. 50% of it is good. Um, it was hilarious having to explain why Daniel Panabaker now has blue hair. Um, <laughs> um, she's I, only I'm got the clip-ins. She's just got the clip-ins now. I, just, I was just going to raise my hand. I, I do have a question for the class, if, if, if that's course. open right now, if the door's open for yes, that. Yes, 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 Ms. Glennon. What is your question? What's happening with that? Caitlin, <laughs> um, like, bad is, story. A bad story. Is, is every version of Caitlin 
dead except the cliff and step the cliff in yes. version. Yes. <laughs> so they Frost say. died. Frost died last season because they had separate bodies, and Caitlyn, because of CW grief, that's how I'm just gonna put it. Because CW grief was like, you don't want to do. Um, I'm you don't sorry. Wanna I, do. I have a follow up <laughs> question, Andy, before you get into this. How did they get separate bodies? They're one person. <laughs> and, uh, it was a mirror gun. Um, Sure. These are just questions you should die. Yeah. A mirror gun separated two of them. Mm. Like, Caitlin was having like headaches, and then she woke up one day, and there was Killer Frost. I thought Frost was just going to like burst out of her skull like it was Greek mythology or something. Like, that might have actually been better. It is so dark. And so then what happens is Frost died, and because of Caitlin's CW grief, she's like, You know what I'm going to do? What's healthy for me? I'm going to go. Take a piece of her hair during the funeral, Don't then like lie that. to my my mother and my team what I'm actually doing, and I'm gonna try and clone her again with her DNA inside my DNA somehow, Mm-mm, and then she gets into this magical chamber. She's not a meta. She's somehow like a DNA ice princess or something. I don't know. Yeah. So weird. she gets into this magical chamber and then she... Wait, you left out how she built a laboratory of mad science in because her living I, I know, but Yeah, she built a laboratory uh, because she lied to the team. She stole equipment. Um, I, I mean, that it, is dedication, though. Respect. Yeah, because yeah, <laughs> this is part of the part where me and Lazy are just going to argue, so I'm just going to make this brief. Bear destroys the lab. Rightfully so, Lacey. Rightfully so. And then Caitlin... a crappy friend. <sighs> I... We've been round and round about this many times. Yeah, anyway, yes. so Caitlin gets into the magical chamber that she just made with like, like I don't know, a YouTube tutorial. And <laughs> like someone turns it on and it does something, and apparently Caitlin is dead, <clears throat> but this new personality named Keon, who that we've never heard of. And no one cares about, but now doesn't have white or brown hair, but blue streaks. So you know she's yeah. a different person. Um, mm-hmm. Is in we're, charge. We're of no, the we're body. no strangers to blue streaks on Super Radio. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I don't know who watches <laughs> Community here, but oh my god, I forgot. Mine again says the blue hair oh my god, god, having blue hair so on amazing. that one episode of Community. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna stop asking questions after this one. I, I promise. Maybe. Um, no, it's okay. I what, love doing this. What is this new character bringing to the story exactly? Like, why not Nothing. just Don't know. one of the older characters Nothing. since it's the last Nothing. season? Okay. Nothing. That's a great question for Eric. <laughs> it's, something, it's something that we ask virtually every week. Mm, mm. You will hear me ask it again when we reach Keon Corner, is, where yeah. I complain about everything to do with the storyline because yes. I hate it. I love that. I, I did, although I have to say, I respected her, like, coastal grandma chic outfit at the end of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> it looked like something like a Diane Keaton wear. It does have, like, some of sort movies. of, like, Pacific Northwest under the Tuscan sun vibe. Right, yeah. right. She's got to pray love her way out of that scene, yeah. that's for sure. She, like, really Mando. enjoys plants. Like, this, her whole personality is that she likes plants. <laughs> Honestly, that's, that's what Caitlyn should have done. She should have just eat, prayed, love her way to healing instead of, mm-hmm. I don't know, trying to revive her dead sister. <laughs> this is probably going to be my favorite episode of Five Pokemon ever because, again, like, just because, again, I don't know. I have, you know, just asking Rebecca Morgan, being like, react to these things is going to be fun. Uh, Miss Johnson, so do you have any? Miss Johnson, do you have any questions for the class? Uh, well, I have a lot of questions about Iris, and um, I don't Ooh, know if we Europe. really want to get into the weeds about iris because i had a lot of questions about iris and the the uh central city citizen media um mm-hmm. 
so uh so first question is why can't she just delegate to other people working in the office she she kind of her whole dream thing that she was going through was because she uh but partially she you know didn't want to have her destiny controlled by the future and all the time travel business but it also seemed like she just she needed a work-life balance and i understand that i've been going through that um, so I don't understand why she can't delegate to people in the office. She's working late hours. She can't go to dinner with Barry, who could super speed her anywhere. So I have a lot of questions about got, like, that. Five employees, though. And yeah, you know. they don't really know how. Uh... She she can't get somebody else to work like the third <laughs> shift. She's working like the great. What's the great yard shift? Not. What time is it? She doesn't show up for weeks, and it's totally fine. <laughs> and then sometimes she's working twenty four seven. So, so she's you like just a, don't know. She's kind of like a Cara Danvers journalist in that way. Yes. <laughs> she is about to get a Pulitzer, so it's all on the same level. That of sounds about right. That, exactly. Exactly. But I feel like, but I feel we've seen right. Iris go to work more than Cara because it's like every time, like you know, like, I think it's I don't remember last. I, I can only remember one episode of season five where Cara was at work, and then the series finale happened when my editor in chief. Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, so Rebecca, to answer one of that one part of that question is that so. Allegra, I know you. Like she is. No, I know who that is. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. We're, we're, we're she's supposed to, to be. We watched that last <laughs> crossover. She, she's supposed to be the managing editor. Okay. But yeah, sure. she's hanging around uh, at Star Labs all the time. So. Hmm. I mean, I think they still only publish maybe like two articles a day now. They were doing one <laughs> for like a very long time. Like their one piece. Now they the might be doing two. Though. It might be one longer one. I'm they have a sure. podcast too, though. Don't forget the podcast. They have oh, they are yeah, yeah, and that podcast had one guest so far, and it was great. <laughs> uh, well, and speaking of publishing the one article, is it typical that you publish articles at night? I thought that was strange. Most she's doing it for the she's doing it for the global media empire. She feels exactly. Oh, okay, so this could be early in the morning and like. You know, Jakarta, I don't know. What I can confirm is that um, we know what type of company this is because I remember with Catco, it was like, is it a magazine? Is it a newspaper? Is it a website? At least with this, like, it's they, all of it. yeah, it's all. And so um, we will get into so much of this. So I'm, I'm, oh, I am so excited. I am so, I, I told all my friends, like, do not call me at 9.30 p.m. I have very special <laughs> guests coming because uh, I knew this was going to be very fun. So we're going to get into There's no news, sadly. I mean, there, why would there be news at the show? Please, can we take a second to look at everyone's comments in the, in the chat about the state of Arrowverse journalism? <laughs> Arrowverse standards are pretty low. <laughs> Arrowverse. I mean, the fact that Iris even shows up, honestly, she's an inspiration to yes. Arrowverse journalists everywhere. No. <laughs> exactly. um, she's, she's doing the she's doing the damn that's thing there. Why, that's why Nia said that it's her role model. Yeah, yeah. her career she has role model Cara right there. New Rachel is, is here. Uh, this is also the woman who was told she was supposed to be killed by Savitar in season three. Yes. Oh, that didn't. Oh. Uh, Oh, that was uh, Matt goes. Iris needs to make Taylor work the long hours. Yes. Uh, so Taylor was um, the the brunette sitting in that table. She's who the hated worst. everyone, yeah. but now it's yeah. Why doesn't she make them work the the graveyard shift? Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, that's like Allegra. That's what Allegra's supposed to do as a managing editor. But they're just like, nah. 
Um, he forgot to mention Allegra went from like intern to managing editor in one season, pretty much. <laughs> wow, that's I mean, a, that's, that's not really that far yeah. off, like the state of internet media, anyway. Like you post three articles somewhere, <laughs> you're running. No, but, website, I'm, no, but I'm so. sorry. I was actually offended at Allegra, who was like, because she the thing is like, she's like 19 years old. Like I would. Oh yeah, yeah. remember is, Rebecca is in season six, yeah in season six she was a she was like a like a troubled uh, like youth oh, teenager or something. I did kind of remember that. Yeah. What? <laughs> I think she's like I've probably like twenty two now, but <laughs> just well, like baby was... Jenna is no longer a baby. Oh yeah, that's um. I mean, when I was twenty two, I wasn't even an editor at that point, so I'm just like, sis, how do you do this? Uh, let's see what people are all saying. Um. That, that's right, Electra. Rachel, we don't talk about season three. Yes, we do not talk <laughs> about season three. Um, oh, yeah, I will. I will agree with old Rachel. Uh, new Rachel. Why do I keep mixing? Rebecca Morgan, be careful. I'm gonna possibly mix up one of your names by the end of this episode. So that's if, fine. You know, yeah, uh, he calls me Caitlin all the time. So <laughs> I call. At least he doesn't call you a baby. <laughs> so. I, for legal disclaimer, I call her Jenna. I don't call her Oh Baby. Can you talk talk about this episode? I, I said three, A I, Baby, not okay. Baby. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just I'm just scared of my haters who are like on that screen recording and just make me look bad. So I'm just gonna be like, I'm giving you context. Um, I agree. Season three of Supergirl was pretty good, and then uh, and then it got topical. Um, mm. <laughs> I haven't got to use topical in a long term time, so. Uh, but let's get let's get to episode seven of the Flash, season nine, called "Wildest Dreams." And this episode was written by Kristen Kim and Jeff Hirsch, and written by Jesse Warren. And uh, I'm gonna pass it on to Breeze, kicking off our A story, which is about these two. If I can find my damn overlays, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so nice I pause. will. I will try not to step on the B plot, which is about Iris's identity crisis. I mean, other than Mark being like a pervert, all the plots are pretty much together. So. <laughs> yes, but we have a, a special guest this episode, which I don't know if Rebecca and Morgan saw the the Batwoman uh, Red Death episodes, but now uh, Kara, Alex, Nia. Um, Ryan and Iris all get brunch monthly, so now Nia and Iris are BFF, uh, and Nia is having troubles with her powers, and she has a nightmare, and there's this creepy hooded figure who definitely looks evil, um, and kills Iris, and so Iris is in this dream, and she's at uh, National City Jitters, which I did not know is a national franchise. I uh, didn't either. <laughs> I was like, oh, National City has a Jitters? And I've think, never seen that. I think so, my favorite part of the whole episode is that they obviously didn't want to, like, redress any scenery. So they just put NC in front of Jitters, but, like, as if they just, like, slapped it on with duct tape. <laughs> right. And weird, Respect. weirdly, it looks exactly like, like, literally down to where the tables are of Central City Jitters. Oh, weird. They're uh, very strict with their franchisees. Yes. Um, so she goes to Central City, which I don't remember how far apart they are, and Nia has no speed powers, but somehow she gets there by nighttime, and she goes to see Iris and says, Iris, you're you're my hero, um, you're the best journalist ever, but also you're gonna die in this nightmare, we need to figure it out. And then the hooded figure appears, and they get stuck in all these dreams that are different versions of Iris's kind of fantasy life of like being outside with journalists, which I will say for the B-plot. Um, and they both realize they have some stuff to work through. Iris has to work through her, her self-confidence issues, I guess, her issues around um, 
feeling like her life is predestined. And Nia realizes that she cannot control her power. She has to actually let go of control. And she confronts this hooded figure who turns out to be the ancient source of Naltorian dream energy because this episode just is really getting into all the nitty-gritty of Nia's powers and origin, <laughs> even though it's an episode of The Flash. And she's like, hey, yeah, you finally figured things out, because instead of me just telling you what you needed to do, instead you had to go through this elaborate uh, plot of going through all these nightmares. <laughs> and now I'm going to train you so you can be, like, an even better dreamer. And everything's good, and they wake up, and no one dies, even though it's mentioned constantly throughout the episode, like, what's going to happen to my baby because I was pregnant? So, no big deal. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much the episode. Or at least the yeah. A-plot. Um, yeah, no. Uh, so, I guess my question to, the, like, you guys is how hmm. many of you guys watched Supergirl, like, watched it to the end? Okay, so I Andy did. I did. I also. did, but I don't remember what happened at the end other than the... I remember texting stuff. Rebecca every morning afterward and be like, explain. <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> Listen, we podcasted about it. I couldn't tell you. We don't but know what happened. I, I was surprised at watching this episode at, like, how much stuff about, like, Naltor and the dream powers were in there for, like, uh, just kind of assuming that everybody was, like, super up to date. Yeah. I did watch it and I don't remember any of that. I was like, Dreamer has dream powers and it came maybe from her mom and that's it. Yeah, I remember her mom stuff, but when she's like, oh, my mom died from a spider bite, and like, I don't remember that at all. I don't remember a spider bite. Don't don't worry. Oh, there was so (laughs) many. When they started just showing all the spider, I'm like, Eric actually hates me. Because I'm like, because the thing is, Rebecca Morgan, Eric, not only does he love romance a lot, but he's like the horror guy in the Arrowverse. So like, I'm like, I feel personally attacked. Why are we seeing all these? Like, not even, not even Supergirl when her mom died, we had this many spiders. There were a lot of ravens and spiders. I think that was the episode Blood Memory from season four, I think is what it was. I do remember that. Um, But I'll I'll let our guests start with their thoughts on this episode. It didn't seem like they had spider budget, though, because it was, like, all, like, stock footage, but, like, edit it really creepy. <laughs> Don't think I didn't Canada. see that. Don't see, think Sponsored. I didn't notice that. <laughs> they were using Canada, but that's my Canon. Um, <clears throat> sorry, go on. No, I was just going to ask Rebecca or Morgan, if you want to go first, what you kind of thought of this plot with Nia coming in cold to the season uh, and being the Supergirl experts. I'm, I'm going to hand it off to Morgan first because she's a big Dreamer fan. So I'm curious what her thoughts were on it. Yeah, I love Dreamer. I love Nia. Uh, so it was really fun to see her back. Um, I laughed hysterically when she was like, I can do almost anything with my powers. But what <laughs> if I could do more? And I'm like, what more can you do? Listen, if the Arrowverse had continued on, I think Nia was on like track to become like a villain. Like she's like... <laughs> She clearly, she's like, listen, I'm not going to stop until I am literally all powerful. <laughs> I'm your god now. Uh, she has no like, weakness, by the way. Has... There's there's no weakness. She has no kind of kryptonite. So she I, would be all powerful. Wait, really? No, I think, she has. I think her only weakness is like, if you insult her dream puns, that's going to hurt her feelings. <laughs> they did show the tidal wave, her stopping the tidal wave. Did you catch that? Yeah. I did. I was like, I hope Rebecca is seeing this. <laughs> I like she that stopped they had the tidal her, wave. I like that they had her admit like on camera, like, 
my powers are pretty much limitless. <laughs> we, we really struggled when we watched Supergirl at like, what? How is she doing this? What can and can't she do? Uh, and the answer was like, whatever the story needed her to do that episode, that's what she could or couldn't do. Uh, so it was fun to have her be like, I am so powerful, but I could be more powerful. Reminds <laughs> me of Cecile. <laughs> how dare you compare yeah, how me dare to you? Cecile? That, that is so offensive. That seems unkind to Mia. <laughs> what did Cecile is do? the greatest superhero ever born. Uh, she's like, she's like, oh, good lord. Um, I was something really mean. No, I love Nia more than Cecile. I'm just saying. Go, go, the right. unlimited I power. Nia would stay and Cecile would leave. That would be fun. Yes, can we trade? <laughs> exactly. I did think that the raise episode... Child. <laughs> I, I did think the episode did do a good job of showing uh, Nia's powers, showing where she gets the powers, because at one point, because uh, we had to sort of figure it, figure it out over the course of Supergirl, but they did a good job in the episode showing that it, she... Um, she has the dream energy inside of her, but it's kind of controlled through her gauntlet that she has. So that glove that she wears, that sort of helps her, uh, you know, uh, control where she wants the dream energy to go. Because she can turn it into lassos. She can make dream energy guns and go pew pew. Um, so she she can do pretty much anything as long as she has that gauntlet. So I, I was actually really impressed that they had that detail in there where she loses the powers and she looks at the gauntlet. I was like, oh, okay, cool. They've, they've thought this through. And so, the, and Morgan mentioned all the Naltorian stuff. I was pretty impressed with that. And they actually um, furthered her mythology by talking about this ancient source of Naltorian uh, power, which was this original dreamer character. Um, so I thought that that was pretty cool that they took what Supergirl, the TV show, had done and sort of furthered out that mythology. And I'm actually kind of curious if Nicole had any input on that um, because, <clears throat> because Nicole no. Maines is uh, writing this, you know, dreamer graphic novel. So I'm, I'm yeah. curious if that's something that will show up later on in the comics. But I, I was actually, I, I laughed about how absolutely limitless dreamers' powers are because uh, it's a, a little bit ridiculous. But... I thought the show did a really good job of using what Supergirl did on the TV show and translated it to an, another audience to kind of get everybody on the same page. Uh, yeah, I was, yeah. I was impressed that like they like dove into some of her like trauma from Supergirl that obviously viewers of the flash, maybe if you're only watching the flash, you're not going to know that her mom died from a spider bite. And so like, I, I thought that was interesting that she's like, you know, I have to, I have to let go to get my powers and I have to go through this, you know, um, party city Halloween store to <laughs> face my fears. And stuff. <laughs> like, uh, I thought that was pretty, I thought that was pretty good. I was like, Oh, cool. Like some nice character moments for, for Nia, probably more than I thought. I figured this episode was going to be more about her, like popping by to like be kind of part of the flash storyline, which not that like it wasn't Iris heavy as well, but I mean, the last time Alex stopped by, she got to only be a matchmaker and talk about the power of Lerv. So <laughs> this was a much better showing for Nia. Yeah. And, and I like that it did. They did a good job in the writing, tying the dreamer stuff into Iris's struggle because uh, when Nia first has that dream dr dreamer has or the dreamer they kept calling her the dreamer on the episode and I was like did they call her that on Supergirl I always 
feel like they always called her Dreamer, not yeah, the Dreamer. dreamer. You're, you're on the you're on the Flash now, so it's like it's like the everything. The yeah. Batman. Oh, that's the, that's the, the Flash. The, the, the Dreamer. The, Su- the Suicide Squad. The Dreamer. The Supergirl. <laughs> but uh, but back at the beginning of the episode, uh, uh, Iris comes into the dream and she says something about the fact that like it's it's about control. She she tells uh, the Dreamer that at the beginning of the episode, and there was a. A pretty cool through line, I thought, because uh, I guess I'm so used to uh, end of Supergirl writing that this was actually really impressive to me that they actually had uh, themes that connected. Um, but there was a, a, a thing about control in this episode where um, uh, Nia eventually, when they're kind of trying to get out of uh, Iris's dream, you know, she's trying to protect uh, Iris and she says, I am the dreamer, I am in control and I'm not going to let you hurt her. And then I thought it was cool that there was this uh thing about uh, the dreamer Nia Nall trying to let go of some things and then um Iris's issue was that she wanted I've, I felt like Iris wanted control because she wanted to be able to control her destiny she wanted to be able to control the choices in her life and not be dictated by what the future tells her that she's going to be so I thought it was kind of a a cool way of tying those two characters together and in, in that Nia was kind of needing to let go of some of that control. And then Iris was having to kind of get some of that control of her life back. So I thought that was cool. I like that. I, I see a lot of people in the chat mentioning that it, it gave them like Buffy, Buffy vibes, which I also thought uh, while watching this episode, I'm a big Buffy fan. So I was like, Oh, she's like meeting the first dreamer. Like Buffy met the first slayer. Spoiler alert uh, on, <laughs> on Buffy. Uh, so I was like, Oh, good to see like some things you know you bring it back one, around there's one there's one in every generation year. into every generation there is a dreamer her power is <laughs> limitless her pun <laughs> amazing <laughs> oh good lord oh that's so uh, oh maybe maybe one of the writers was like a big buffy fan and they're like because i don't know the because you guys probably know this better than we do and um, like is any of this like the first dreamer and the way to get power. Is this at all from the comics or like from the Nura? 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 Nura. 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 Yeah, yeah. Dream Girl, uh, the Legion of Superheroes. Um, uh, Nura has a sister who is also kind of, uh, I think she's, oh, somebody fact checked me in the comics. Like she's like the white witch. I don't know if they, that's something, something witch. Miss um, uh, Missa, I think is her name. So she has a sister. Um, and some of that Naltorian stuff about the the uh, the powers coming down from uh, generation to generation, that is something that's in the comics. But I don't know about, like, this original dreamer ancient source of Naltorian technology. That's something that's out of my knowledge. So I don't know. White Witch, yes. Um, so, uh, so I actually thought when the – because I was kind of curious who the hooded figure was. I was trying to guess while I was watching the episode – and I thought it might have been Maeve, her sister. I thought that would have been, it would have been a stretch to get that actress back. But, Missa, um, but I was, uh, yeah, Missa. So I, I was, um, I was surprised by the original dreamer thing. Cause that was not something I knew of from the comics. So it could be, but I'm, I'm ignorant on that. And if you want to add in Morgan. I mean, I, I don't, I'm not like, I don't have like a depth of comic knowledge. So yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to uh add too much uh nicole mains probably knows way way more than me yeah <laughs> yeah I, I was wondering if it was maybe something related to um 
Like, because I know she's written, she wrote something last year. See, this is how much I keep up with DC these days. Uh, I know she wrote something last year with Nia. Was it for DC Pride or something? She wrote something for DC Pride, and then she also, uh, I think that was DC Pride number one, and then uh, she also teamed up with Tom Taylor for the uh, Superman Son of Kal-El. Uh, Dreamer made uh, the first official appearance in DC Comics continuity in that series. Yeah, oh, so the- she's been she's been writing some comics, and then she's got her, um, the Dreamer-centered graphic novel that's going to be coming out. At some point, I think maybe I, next year. I this heard year? next year she did a uh, an Instagram live. She did an Instagram takeover for the Flash, and I think she mentioned twenty twenty four. Oh, she nice. was so much fun! She was so much fun uh, on the Instagram live, and she showed a border that she had with all the articles of yeah. So, um, but uh, but yeah, no, I um sorry, I I don't know whose turn was to speak, so I uh, I will let Breeze decide. No, you can you can go ahead. Uh, uh, listen, I love Nia Nall. I love Nicole Maines. That Dreamer was one of my favorite characters on Supergirl. Um, as as uh, as um, ambitious as her powers were on the show, you know, I will. You know, I here's the thing. I it's a I can accept it. It's a comic book show. It's fine. Uh, but I love the fact that the Flash was kind of like let's just kind of acknowledge the fact that this episode was very self aware, which we'll get to in Kill Corner. But I was like, I really. I really thought Candace and Nicole were so good together. It kind of makes me wish, why couldn't we have had them come together sooner? But I guess, you know, when they were filming Supergirl and Flash, that was during in the midst of the pandemic. So they weren't, I don't think they were even allowed to, like, visit Saturday on set or anything like that. But I think you can tell they like each other. They love working together. There was so much fun. And I love them. And, you know, we will talk about Iris's progression in the next arc. But, like, yeah, like this is also something you know makes me wish that we'd had more arcs with Iris and Kara. You know, um, they could talk about how little they go to work sometimes. Uh, <laughs> they could have really bonded over that. Yeah, and it's like you know, or like you know, Lois and Iris. Also, you know, they're all, super like, oh. nice apartments that they pay for on like a blogger salary. It's fine. <laughs> totally realistic. I don't know what you mean. <laughs> <For real. laughs> uh, yeah. Oh my god, I remember. When I was I was actually watching some Supergirl season one last weekend, I remember looking at that set of Cars apartment. I'm like, does Cat did Cat Grant pay her dad well, like to afford that? Um, so Barry you know, goes was... to work once a month. <laughs> Look at that apartment. She's oh, yeah. got a dream job situation right there. We forgot to tell Morgan and Rebecca that Barry's getting promoted to director of CSI, even though he goes oh, to work. Well, congratulations. Wow. Barry, you Moving did on it. up. You did it. <laughs> Imagine how far he could rise if he went to work two days a month. He'd be like I president. Mean, he, he would be president of the whole city, I think, at that point. Electra is right. Iris goes to work more than Barry does. That, that is, is true. true. I think Barry. I think after nine oh one, I don't think Barry has been to work since. Um, but that was when he went. He had to go to work to ask for the promotion. <laughs> <laughs> Bold. <laughs> I showed up here today. You know, wait. I, I know. Wait. Hold on. I, I wait. I have. I have the perfect excuse because it was a Groundhog Day episode. He went to work. Uh, like she, three you know, times. He went, no, he went to work. No, he went. No, he he said how many times they repeated that day. So it's like, what if he's like, you know what? I've appeared now at work. 365 times. So I don't have to go to work year. the whole year. 
for a whole year. But uh, no, but I really, I really enjoyed her team up. Uh, I get, I because I don't know much about like Dreamer stuff in the comics and whatnot. So I like it was cool how much they got into that. Like I, you know, again, I'm also, I'm also a Buffy fan. So like, when they talked about the first dream, I'm like, first Slayer. Um, but uh, no, but it was fun, and I, you know, I mean, here's the thing because I, I don't know if Rebecca Morgan had, you know, like. I hope you guys love each other enough that you didn't watch the last episode of the flight because it was painful for all of us. Like it was bad. It was. It was. It was. I, I saved myself by not doing any homework before this recording. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm proud of you. I'm very proud of you uh, because it was. It was hard. So, so coming into this episode, I'm like. Look, it feels more like the Flash again, you know. And I love that all the alternate realities they went to, you know, all the you know, scenarios of uh, them being a barista. Uh, although when I when I heard Iris talk about being a barista, I'm like, why am I supposed to be laughing here? And then I all I see is Kendra in my head. She went. She went to her like Hawk Girl alternate reality uh, <laughs> there. <laughs> I, I thought uh, that that was like one of the more realistic parts of the episode where it's like at a certain point in your career, you just think about like your entry level job and you think, man, I didn't appreciate enough that like how much time I spent on Gchat at that job. <laughs> just sort of yeah. reading recaps of Gossip Girl. This is not a personal <laughs> anecdote, by the way. <laughs> I actually remember the Gossip Girl days and your right. role in them. Ugh. <laughs> this is a this is more of a universal experience. We all had, exactly. remember? Exactly. <laughs> we all did it together. Uh, no, but I really, I, I really enjoyed. Oh, oh, oh. And then uh, oh, I'm still so angry the sequel got canceled. Um, but in anyway, um, I I also loved you know because I know this was a nice callback to season one of Iris. You know, she wanted to be a cop. That was really cool and fun. Um, um. I love that like Nia was asking all the right questions about Iris. Kind of like you know, this could have been my life. And Nia's like, um, we're in a dream, we're in a nightmare. We need to get out of here. We need to look for the door. Um, although it was like when she said, like, in every dream, there's always an exit. I'm like, really? And I was like, this was this a super cool thing? Like, was this something like? Because I, there seems to be like dreamer rules that they have about dreams that don't apply to like any real people. <laughs> All these like, <laughs> there's always an exit. Like this happens if you stay in the dream too long. Yeah, I mean that sort of makes sense to me because eventually you wake up. So maybe maybe when you wake up, that's the door you walk out of. That's I don't, the exit. I don't, I'm just trying to figure out something uh, to justify it. Uh, but it was fun. I love their team up, and I, you know, uh, I wish. Again, I you know if Nick, if Nicole could have come back for another episode this season, this would have been fun. But I, I like as far as an interlude episode goes, this is definitely you know one of the better ones in a long time because uh, you know it it's not yeah we're not focusing on the big bad but we're progressing Iris's arc because you know we know she's entering a big chapter in her life and so I no I enjoyed it I enjoyed it quite a lot. Lacey, I, like- I know you got a chance to talk to to Nicole. How, what did oh you think God. about this episode? I lo- a, I love her. She's honestly one of the most fun interviews that that I've ever done. I've talked to her a couple of times. She just loves Dreamer so much, which is so nice. Because sometimes, you know, you talk to actors, you could tell they're kind of BSing it a little bit about the character mm-hmm. that they play. But she is just like, ride or die for Nia <laughs> And I love it. But I also love this episode. Like, I've complained before that I don't... Like, it's the final season. I wish we had structured it a little bit differently so these interlude episodes were not necessary because it feels really, like, 
why are we doing this? It's the last season. There should be something bigger at work here. But if we have to have interlude episodes, I wish they all could have been as good as this one. Because this episode was great. I feel like you have, A, I just love Nia and I love Dreamer. And I, I loved getting to see the character again. But I really loved that. A lot of times when you get like guest stars, especially from like other shows on on shows like The Flash, they're just kind of there like to be there but she had a real arc she had a real story like she was really integrated into the episode and i will never forget what part of that that crossover that kind of wasn't a crossover where alex danvers was literally like a head on a video screen for 30 seconds and i wanted to like light everything on fire (laughs) but this was so good it was so it said something important about nia it said something important about iris like she had a reason to be there. She changed over the course of the episode. She learned something about herself, like just great storytelling, I think. And not to be like real political about it, but I feel like given everything awful going on with trans people in this country right now, just having a trans person front and center on the flash is really important. And I'm glad they did it. I was going to say, Nia is such a great character. I did. I did really uh, think it was so funny, though, at the end that everybody was like, oh, my God, the first dreamer. She's so nice. Like, she did almost kill both of you, though. (laughs) (laughs) She could have taught you that lesson some other way, it feels like. (laughs) Like, again, an email. An email. Not through Cecile's. Not through Cecile's. It's been like a Zoom call. (laughs) Yeah. Instead, we got Cecile's uh, BS sensor. Oh, Cecile. Oh, my God. Tatiana, what did you think mm-hmm. of this episode? Uh, I don't have anything to add other than there's no way that Nicole Maines did not have input on that storyline and on the lore because never in the history of Flash has a character of any kind with any powers gotten the kind of detailed backstory that she did uh or the logical and sensical world building that she did i take you back to the height of the flash season one when there was an entire like 275 uh issue arc about reverse flash hating barry and instead they said why are you doing this because I hate you. That is the level of the Flash lore and world building that we normally get. So this really was just leagues and leagues ahead of its time. Nia was great. Iris and Nia besties. I never even would have thought to compare her to Cecile because her all-powerful, limitless, uh, ever-changing dream world of powers, again, makes sense for her character. Also, at least she's, like, legitimately, like, learning how to use them and they're growing in a way that makes sense instead of just Cecile where she's like, well, I can levitate things with my mind now. (laughs) I mean, like, imagine if (laughs) Nia's powers worked like I had a dream and in that dream and then the things just happened. Yeah. yeah, that's the whole oh, yeah. dream. Cecile has telekinesis now, guys. Cecile has telekinetic. Cecile's powers work like (laughs) I felt something and now... Things are happening yeah. because of the thing that I'm feeling. I'm like, okay, bye. I feel like every one of these shows has at least like only like one character that's always like just a BS nonsense. Like you know, like they, they can just do whatever, however. And we know whose arrows was, but I'm not gonna say the name because I don't want hate. Uh, Flash has to seal. Um, 
Black Lightning had Gambi, who could just do anything, but we love Gambi. Uh, but yeah, it's still like, it's like when you look at Nia and you look at uh, Cecilia, it's like, Nia makes sense. Cecile doesn't. And and to be fair to the Supergirl writers, it's a sentence I don't say all that often. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they they realized that they overpowered Nia, and then they spent like the final season having her be like, "I need to understand my powers. What can't I do?" Right. Um. So I they Nothing. did kind of <laughs> the sky's the limit for Nia and all. But uh, they at least they at least were like, okay, we maybe did a goof. Uh, and we're just gonna walk that back a little bit. Yeah, remember that time like... she she dug a hole in a baseball field? Do you remember that when they went to go back in time? To Rebecca, you're trolling us now. She didn't yeah, do that. No, she that did. Happened. And Absolutely. one of Supergirl's big things in the Silver Age of comics is that she was able to dig holes. Like she dug holes. Wait, all that's the time. a superpower? Yeah, you. I mean, she can dig <laughs> just with her hole. her super strength. You know, she can uh, dig holes. But I was like, oh, so Supergirl's not doing this. This is okay. <laughs> so uh, yeah, listen. so she she they did overpower her a little bit. Yeah. See, the um, Flash Riders did the opposite. Yeah. Instead of pulling back on Cecile, they just kept doubling down every season for no reason. <laughs> they were like, reason. but what if she could read minds? What wait, if wait, she wait. Could... You know what it is? You know what it is? It's the, it's the meme from Wonder Woman 84. Again, a movie with a title that has no... The, the year has no meaning, but we just roll with it. When he, when Max, uh, Max Lord goes... Wait, hold on. Let me do this. Life is good, but it can be better. And the final <laughs> motto is, Cecile's horrible, but we can make it even more terrible. <laughs> uh, oh my what God. new powers can Cecile get? You guys have, have uh, you guys have some, some episodes left to find out, and I'm excited for you. <laughs> <laughs> I have a question for Rebecca I mean, Morgan. Charmed keeps coming up, so we're wondering if she's going to have like all just... of them. Because I think she astral projected at one point, so I think like she yes. just needs Piper's ability to like blow stuff up, and then she will be oh, the power close. free. She's close, really close. <laughs> Cecile and then it will set you free in that the show will be over at that point. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm trying to wait. Cecile Ash projected? Did, did you did you repress it? I, I must so, have because she can like project into people's minds, right? Oh, wonderful. I think Dreamer can do that too. I think uh, but, 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 we but, already established Dreamer, Dreamer can do anything. Yeah, and yeah. We, but it makes sense. <laughs> Cecile is just like this is the thing. I was because scre- I watched the episode this morning, so I was actually able to scream at my TV when she's when when they're like, "Cecile, can you send, can you feel what Iris and um, Nia are going for?" And she's like, "I cannot." I'm like, <laughs> no, yeah, I can't are, you, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, but then she sends the original dreamer. She's like, it's like a guardian angel. It's like that's a different show. Steal what you're talking about. Also, a, how does the guardian angel feel mentally? Exactly. <laughs> Cecile knows. <laughs> I feel like I I feel like there's something I would see like on one of the and, and Rebecca, I mean this with respect on a soap like a, a, you know like Marlena would feel like a guardian and said, now this would make sense. That's what Cecile makes was, soaps great is that they don't yeah. have to make sense and they can be. Silly, oh yeah, yeah lazy because lazy, lazy aren't you a big soap fan too? I mean, I used to be. I used to watch with my grandma all the time. We love Young and the Restless. Same. Um, Victor Newman totally like destroyed Evil Longoria on Twitter. If no one saw it, it was amazing. It is that is amazing. Yes, 
I love, yeah, so with Rebecca, you could talk about soaps. With Morgan, you could talk about like Pretty Liars and Gossip Girls, stuff sure, like that. Yeah. So, yeah, we, we hated episode six so much that we would literally spend like five because Lazy didn't know that uh, the great Chad Lowe came over to our show and directed an episode. And my wow. AKA Arya's father, he, and she was like, Chad, oh! what, wasn't Chad Lowe on Supergirl as well? He was part of the cult, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> T-Code, Thomas Goville. Yeah. We, we thought this was the Arrowverse the whole time, but maybe really it's it's Chad Lowe that brings us all together. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, no, so, so we literally spent like five minutes talking about Pearl Liars, and we're just like, we're, we're doing everything we can not talk about this episode. And I'm like, yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah, we like, went through like who our favorite liars were. Team Spencer, oh, it's always oh, Spencer's Spencer, always Spencer. Come doing, on, yeah. that's yeah. There's one right answer, and it's Spencer. <laughs> yeah, unless you um, love giant earrings, and then it's Arya. Oh, I well, yeah, but then she like gets with not... his face, and it's nasty. Terrible, <laughs> terrible. <laughs> I have a question for Rebecca and Morgan, um, because this is now the third time that super that Flash is like when it, because you're talking about like you know we need to call Kara and Brainy or John, they're like they're off world. I'm like, oh my god, they, yeah. They would, they would off-world this much when Supergirl was actually airing. So they were almost never off-world. They were, off were they world. all together? Did they just get a party bus? <laughs> they, <laughs> party they were off-world three times that I can think of. One was in Supergirl Lives uh, when they went to that uh, Slaver's Moon, I think. Then they went yes, to Mars two, and then right? they went to Argo City. They so got in, they would have been. I know that they got in um, Jean's cool spaceship car a couple of times. Yeah, they did that know. to go to Mars and to yes. Argo City. That's how they would travel yeah they they travel in style but yeah they didn't have like off-world budget back then um Fair but now enough. that now that it's just sort of like whatever it's off screen they could be off world all the time we wanted them to go off world more often we wanted <laughs> to see remember when we talked we were like wouldn't it be great to see like now tour <laughs> they keep talking about it they 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 didn't have spider budgets they don't have now tour budget no, no. <laughs> listen if they were if they were fighting dark side do you know how much me and Rekka would like collectively lose our crap because like su- i mean melissa Benoist versus like our dark side ray porter would be i mean i mean i would put the dreamer up against dark side i think she can take him yeah, what, with, what with all of the various powers. <laughs> she puts him to sleep, and we just see what Dark is actually dreaming of. He's just like, I just, I just want, I just, I just, I just wanted to be loved, but no I one. Like Dark Side's dreams are a little scary. I don't think you'd want to go into. Them. You don't think it would be like a therapy session? We could loop in uh, Kelly. We could get oh, Kelly. Oh, true. There. Yeah, yeah. We could get Guardian in the whole, there to, to whole therapy Supergirl session. Cast. <laughs> uh, but you know, but I I love that again. Like, they're off world again. But I'm just like, where are they go? And also, like, is Kara? Like, because I'm like, listen, Kara is the editor in chief now of Gakko. Also, everyone knows Kara's Supergirl, so maybe things are a little bit tense for her. <laughs> <laughs> she has to go off world a lot now. <laughs> But wait a minute! If everyone knows Kara is super, yeah, don't think about it. The, the, yeah, don't think we, about we it. We decided sorry. not to. What, what? What? Wouldn't people start figuring out that something is up with Clark Kent and Superman? Well, well that's they, okay. They're in their own universe. You don't even have to worry about. Well, I mean, them. I mean, I mean, this, this, I mean, this world, Superman. Yeah, pe- people do know Supergirl and Superman are cousins. That happened pretty early on. Gonna be awkward. Cat, yeah, cat granted. Yeah. <laughs> and didn't they say that Clark? In, when oh my god, what's it two or one or two or two? With Clark says that he's literally Kara's cousin. I'm like, I. You would think somebody's going to connect that. People dot. are going to put some. Oh yeah, my god, my head hurts for sure. My head for hurts. Sure. Um, <laughs> maybe that's why she couldn't make it. She's really busy with like the fallout of her drama, her personal drama. 
<laughs> oh wait, wait, we had because we had another funny Supergirl reference in the premiere that I really want to hear your take on. Cat uh, Grant was trying to buy Iris's company. Really, all five employees? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Response. Iris turned her down. She turned down Cat Grant level money. But because... she got her sugar mama sued to buy Coastal City papers. Coastal oh, City papers. You guys, so. you guys would love sued Sue Dearborn so much. I mean, the um, answer to Iris's problem is that she has a rich friend. That's. Yeah. I mean, that's always that going to help, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what if we could have gotten Callista and like Sue and uh, Natalie Dreyfus in a scene together? I'm like, because they're they're both rich. But I was like, what does Cat need another company for? Another, another media company? I for? mean, like, not for nothing. Why would she want this one? <laughs> <laughs> Like a Lacey. large organization, or you know, oh yes, you you know how all the money's in in journalism. <laughs> I also don't know there's money, there's money in journalism. writing stories. Cat Cat wasn't really all that active later on in Catco. She no. she sort of did the interview with Kara to reveal herself to the world, but I don't know how much she's going back and uh, working there. I thought she was having a good time living in a yurt, so I don't know. I just well, imagine Cat Grant got that. her like Cat Grant got her like her own Oprah show or something like that within Cat Co World of Media. She's like, you know, like Cara, you you deal with the um, editorial stuff. I will do. I will. I will Oprah my things. I love uh, that idea. Like, but it's just called Cat exclamation point, and like <laughs> people people come out and start talking to her, and then she gets like really judgmental and tells them everything that they're doing like wrong in their life. <laughs> I'd watch Cat. I would. Yeah, but wasn't you probably help people. <laughs> but Kitty Carly wasn't this. I think this was in the future, though. So like, we're like, I still want to know, like, what? How did the cars coming out affect Clark in present time? Um, oh, I realize there's something I can tell the the group here off screen after this, so uh, off air. So um, I just remembered. Anyway, uh, shall we move to the the beef storyline with the uh, with? To- oh, Rebecca Morgan, you're about to get your first toddy cap. We're gonna no, have so much fun. We don't know that. <laughs> sounds so excited yeah plus it was already discussed uh yeah so iris doesn't like the idea of getting a pulitzer prize because who would it is horrible um <laughs> so she is uh really been actually she's been sad like all season to the point that i was like i don't know does iris know how to smile anymore uh but then mia showed up and she remembered it was like to be a barista at Jitters. And then she was like, oh, my God, these were the best days of my life. <laughs> Season one, take me back. Uh, if I was still a barista at Jitters, I'd want to kiss Barry Allen all the time because he would figure out how to fix the froth machine or whatever it is. So uh, there is that option. And then there was also the option of previously, uh, before The Flash was actually made into a TV show, they were going to make Iris a police officer. And then they were like, no, we can't do that because then she would be too involved in the show. So they took it out and they replaced it with journalism, which they did not know how to do. So once again, I was just like, oh, my God, that's so crazy. If I were a police officer, my career would be shown on screen. Also, a really, really cool idea. I love it. Uh, However, Nia does not love it because they're about to be murdered by her great, 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 maybe ancestor. I'm not entirely clear what the dreamer line is but whatever it's cool in the end after revelations 
Iris realizes that the power to choose her destiny was inside her all along. The first time that she wrote in her notebook some fan fiction about One Direction members <laughs> that sent her on the way to becoming a journalist today. And if she had not done that, then maybe she wouldn't win the Pulitzer. It doesn't matter now if she writes about the Red Death. She could write about BTS and still win. <laughs> what? So, I wish so she would have. I, I had a question because she knows that the, the headline of the article that she wins the Pulitzer for. And this does open up a can of worms of like, what if she just put that headline on some on BTS exactly. fan fiction? I think that's why they had Allegra write the headline. <laughs> I, I would try to win that Pulitzer for something truly unhinged, uh, but I'm a I'm right. not a good person like Iris. Also, where did they get that like press photo of the Red Death? Right, right. It and also, like I just really want to understand why this is like why is this the Pulitzer Prize winning article? You know, like I get when it's an expose on Lex Luthor, like okay, you know, whatever, sure, like that makes sense though, like sure, okay, you win the Pulitzer for that, or if you're like fucking, you know, ex sorry. Uh, Harvey Weinstein. Also, I would understand you with the Pulitzer for that. You go from um, cussing to mentioning the, the the planet. I'm saying, the I'm just saying, like people. when it's something like you're really like the people need to know. Did the people need to know that an alternate version of Ryan Wilder was real mad at Barry Allen in another universe for some reason? Is and that what that was? It's like that's what it was. She's yeah. winning a Pulitzer for for a recap. You guys. Exactly. Like it doesn't make sense. A Gossip if, Girl recap. Exactly. Oh, I could have had it. Like if this Red Death had actually taken over Ryan's life and then was wreaking havoc as the the head of Wayne Tech or Wayne Enterprises or Wayne whatever, you know what I mean? And she realized that this wasn't the real Ryan Wilder and exposed that and then got her removed and found the real Ryan and that was the story. That would be awesome. Win the Pulitzer. But like well, here's what, what you missed on Glee. Not make sense. Anyway, that's not to say, like, this. the point, point is that she deserves a Pulitzer for existing, so fate was correct, and <laughs> that is why it doesn't matter what she does. The end. I, I will say that the Pulitzer um, committee in, in the Arrowverse is, is very generous, um, <laughs> I, giving it, I giving it, it to it, people it's not who like never children. show up for work. <laughs> I think it could be kids. I think the committee Wait, could be comprised of children. Rebecca, <laughs> Rebecca Morgan, on Supergirl, did we actually ever get to see that article that Kara wrote that won her the prize? Or was it just like, here's your, this is the prize you get? I think we saw the headline. So at the end of season four, Kara wins it because uh, she writes about Lex dying or Lex being behind yes. Red Daughter or something to that effect. Uh, but then... And and she has the Pulitzer party at se- uh, the beginning of season five when she tells Lena that she's Supergirl, and of course Lena already <sighs> knows that's big drama. Um, but then, drama. Cri- but then crisis came, and then Lex lived again. But then she still had a Pulitzer for something, but I'm not sure why. Because how can you still have a Pulitzer for an article about a guy who died when he's still alive? So uh, I, I was very confused about that, but we we do we do have some <laughs> acknowledgement on the show that Kara won a Pulitzer. Yeah, we could never really track the post-crisis Pulitzer situation <laughs> because what 
after crisis, everyone thought Lex Luthor was a swell guy. So, like, what did she win the Pulitzer for? Oh, my God, my Here's head hurts. I hope it's an accounting error. It's like they know she won a Pulitzer, but they don't have a record of what it was. And they can't take out. It's just like a glitch in the multiverse. And they're just it's too like- embarrassed to admit they don't know what the article was. <laughs> It's like when the Oscars opens up the wrong envelope. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> it's too late. Also, Liv says that she should have won for the Black Hole Expose or the Trapped in the Mirrorverse article, and I totally agree. That would make yep. sense. Like, hey, I discovered a Mirrorverse. Here you go. Wait a minute. I just realized something. Kara <laughs> won the Pulitzer for writing about Red- Lex Luthor and Red Daughter. Oh. Iris won the Pulitzer for writing about Red Death. Putting red hmm. in the title. Red that in the is- title. That's how you do it. I hope everyone's Those listening. Are some SEO tips for you right there. If you want to win a Pulitzer. I'm actually going to need an aspirin from this. Like, I'm like, wait a minute. What is what is happening? Like, um, yeah, so thoughts. Uh, yeah, I love it. I, mean, I think it's great. I just want to say, that was my thought. My thought is that it's great and that I love that they tied together that Iris was feeling uncertain <clears throat> all season long to the point that it was, it was like stressing me out. Like, why are you so stressed, Iris? What is happening? And now it really feels like a true culmination of this arc of her actually being like, you know what? I can let go and let love and my life is just good now. And it just has to be. Okay, now ladies, you may speak. Red wins it all. Wow. <laughs> but, but why? Why? Now I all think it's <gasps> Oh like my it's... god, Electra, the first article we saw from Irish is about red skies. Oh Taylor Swifties. <laughs> Swifties rise. <laughs> wait, there's a wait, she has a song called Red Skies? No, she's a song called Red. I mean, red. the album is Red. Her, oh, like, yeah. her her first greatest album was Red. Okay, anyway, I continue. No. Now they're all the greatest. <laughs> <laughs> Rebecca Morgan, go for it since you're our, our honored guest. <clears throat> well, I was going to put that uh, put it out there that maybe having a dream pun in the title was uh, what it took to get a Pulitzer. But I think the, the Red connection is... Uh, the main thing there. I think that that you all have figured it out. So I think, I think that's really good. Yeah, it's funny. I, I don't know if uh, Lois Lane on in the Airverse has won a Pulitzer. Because at oh, one I'm point sure. she... Her, her writing is too good. She's too good for the <laughs> Too good for this world. Because <laughs> at one point she didn't, but now I don't know with uh, things... Uh, the, the way they're going in Superman, Lois. I, I haven't kept up with season three, so... Um, but yeah, uh, I I thought uh, the stuff with Iris, I thought was really good. And I really liked the interplay with uh, with Nia. So I, I thought they did a really good job. And the acting, I thought was good. I was really impressed with how they uh, the two, uh, Nicole and Candace, played off each other. And I really liked that a lot. So regardless of whether or not the uh, the article was worthy of the Pulitzer, I, <laughs> I thought the storyline and the, the acting was pretty good. Yeah. Is it bad that I was trying to read what this text said? And I'm <laughs> you like, shouldn't. And I <laughs> you should. I'm try. like, this will hurt my eyes. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, no, I like the I like the storyline too. I like that the way that they, you know, crossed it with Nia's storyline about like letting go and uh and Iris's was more about like taking control back because she felt like she didn't have any. And I also feel like it's like one of the more relatable stories I've seen on like TV recently of like being like am I where I want to be in my career? And like, was I happier when I was a barista? There's so many coffees back then. Or like (laughs) you thinking about like some other career you could have taken and you're like, I would have really loved that fictional other career. Like, you know, when times get tough, when you're on your actual career. Uh, So I thought that that was like, you know, 
it felt like a, a real storyline that somebody like Iris's age and like at her career would maybe start thinking like, oh, this is so hard. And, you know, occasionally I have to come into the office and sometimes I have to work late. Um, so, you know, it might be nice to go back and did I make the right decision? So I think like the path not taken aspect of it uh, felt really good, especially as she's like, she's pregnant, right? She's going to have a kid. And so probably like a, a time where you kind of like look back at your life and your choices and things like that, just all of the flash flashy stuff aside. So I thought that that was, I thought that that story was really good. And I thought um, Candace did a really good job with it. Yeah, no, I am. Um, I'm, I know how important it's been for Iris fans that, you know, we actually get to, you know, some of the meat of Iris' journalism story. So I know, like, this show has uh, <clears throat> uh, has sometimes not always succeeded in that. But I feel this was actually really, really good because she's, you know, she's going through all of this now. And and she's asking the right questions, that, you know, because everything is about to change for her. You know, like there was, you know we had a few episodes ago where she, uh, where she talked about, like, I'm really worried if I'm, you know, will I even get time to get one more story out before Nora is born? Um, so, uh, and thank God, thank God that baby Nora is fine after everything that happened in this episode, like the falling to the ground, the going, you know, having fever. I'm like, this can be medically good for a child. <laughs> um, but, you know, this is the same show that had Caitlin once, like, you know what 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 was it she did during season seven lazy that you got like so tripped out about because like it's it was even during the pandemic but she wasn't wearing like gloves or sanitizers or anything but she was still doing like doctory things. Oh, I don't, I don't know. Like, I'm sure there's like a million. I think she was things. doing like surgery like on. Oh, uh, right. oh it was Allegra's cousin, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, and she did in not her, have gloves or throat. like a surgical mask on or anything. Like, she's basically throat. just spitting in there. Ah, <laughs> spitting right, spitting right in that open body cavity it's very it's fine yep yep um oh mind the gap says despite being uh having access to the multiverse for years i bet this episode was inspired by everything everywhere all at once i i, I wouldn't know I don't... <laughs> is no, that I what i think it's deranged enough like i just needed to have like a raccoon yeah somebody needs that. to have hot dog fingers i think for that to be <laughs> this is like everything everywhere on like light <laughs> <laughs> See the CW budget version of everything <laughs> everywhere all at once. Yes. So you mean, so you mean like there, there wouldn't be anything at all because the CW has budget? So, it's more like some things, sometimes. <laughs> that's nowhere. <it>. Nowhere. <laughs> nowhere. That's true. Because we gave all the money to Supermoa. So, y'all, this, this week's episode, no spoiler, but like, I'm like, I know where all the money went to them. Um, David Zasla, if you need another tax write down, you know, you know where you can get all the money from, I guess. Um, no, but I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. I was coming through, and then, yeah, she published the article. I'm still hoping we get a Pulitzer ceremony or something because I'm like, listen, for fan edits, I cannot accept this show only giving us that one dream scenario where I was standing at the podium with this one random guy just like, you know, like whatever, and then we don't even get to hear her speech. Uh, I'm like, now, like Eric, you got to give us more. So you know, uh, otherwise, I will have Tony write uh, an Iris speech uh, for her, and we will just reenact it on, on the podcast. Uh, um, who wants to go next before we get to uh, Lacey's favorite corner? I'll just give. I'm my just thought. ready for. I'm just ready for Keon Corner. Let's go. <laughs> 
I'll give my thoughts quickly. Um, I did feel like this was almost more of a Nia episode than an Iris episode because it went so much into her backstory, which I was surprised about. Um, I do agree with Tatiana that I'm glad that they tied it to some of her stuff earlier in the season. But I feel like this show does this a lot where someone has a problem or they're going through something and they have a big talk with someone. Like, she already had this talk with Barry, and then, like, two or three episodes later, they have the same talk with someone else. So I feel like it was a little bit repetitive. Like, I know Iris was still going through it, but I just, like, I wouldn't be surprised if two episodes from now she has, like, the same talk again with someone, just because the show loves to do that. Um, But I did love the different um, kind of lives we saw kind of tied back to the the Earth 2 stuff we were talking about last week, where she's a cop on Earth 2. Um, and I'm glad that she's kind of accepted that, like, this is not predestination. She earned her Pulitzer, which she did. Um, did not like that they put her, because it's just her get pregnant episodes later be in danger, even though we knew she was going to be fine. But it's just like, really, I hope that's the last time that happens, uh, between now and her having the Well, Lacey, take us home. Um, and this could be because I don't know. I don't know how much exposure Robert Reckenberg has had to Mark, so this will be fun. Uh, so talk Mark about is this the dirtbag. Mark is the dirtbag. No <laughs> I think we got a. I think we got a lot of exposure to him. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. more than really more good. than you ever need in your life. Oh, was saying. He is a former villain who turned good. Because he wanted to date Frost, who was the second of Caitlin's personalities slash shared body partners slash sisters slash whatever we're calling this. And he's been really upset since Frost died and helped Caitlin build her mad scientist laboratory slash YouTube tutorial kingdom in her <laughs> living room. And has been just really, he, he thought that the whole plan he was going to bring Frost back. He was basically willing to sacrifice both Caitlyn and later Keon to get Frost back until Keon was like, JK, whatever. I'm my own person. I Kelly Taylor, all of this. I choose to live and not die for this man or these people I've just met. Anyway, so this week's episode, everybody's like apparently totally fine with Caitlyn being dead, by the way, and is not super upset about it because (laughs) Keon is here and she likes plants. Um, anyway, so, so tell them tell them what they did in 902. Tell them what they did in 902. Like, after, wait, like, except... how, how long has Caitlin been dead exactly? Has it been since ages? The season, since the season premiere. Oh, no, that's not that long. <laughs> no, it's not that <laughs> They've long. forgotten about um, her right away. <laughs> yeah, they did. They're not sad at all. They're just like, Keon is great. She keeps the plants in Star Labs alive, and she's nice. That is she, calls her plant, she, she calls the uh, plant, she calls her plant Kesha. I forgot about that, but yes, yes, she does. Anyway, so last week, uh, in the worst episode ever, uh, Keon somehow, like, one of the ongoing things is like, what is Keon? Where did she come from? They've been asking this question for like seven episodes now. We have no idea. I don't think anybody cares anymore. But Last week, Keon managed to make it snow inside, so Mark and Chester are now convinced that she is some form of meta, even though all of their tests are like, no, she is not a meta, but she's also not a human, etc., etc. Mark's really stoked, because that's like a piece of Frost. He's like, oh, she has ice powers. She's just like Frost. Like, 
Yes, Mads is correct. Mark will kiss anyone that looks like Daniel Panabaker. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so in order to save Mark's life after he got beaten up by the Red Death or whatever, who cares? He should have died. But <laughs> for some reason, Keon not understanding the basic rules of medical care or any human interaction decides that the way to bring Mark back to life is to kiss him while he's unconscious. And she somehow does this with magic. I don't know. She kisses him while he's unconscious. He wakes up and is suddenly healed. It's a miracle. Mark's alive. We all have to suffer for it forever. But now the upshot of this is that Mark is basically having dirty dreams about Keon. Is that Uh, the upside? (laughs) It's really not. (laughs) So now he's having like, he's having like dreams where he's making out with Keon and he's decided that he's now really into Keon not for herself or any sense of her own identity, but because he thinks she's basically Frost and he decides that they need to be together. And he basically hangs, tells her he wants to hang out with her under the guise of like working on figuring out her powers or whatever. But instead he just takes her to like the one crappy bar in town that everyone goes to, but that he particularly loves to get in bar fights in. So they go there and then he wants to take her to the roller derby because Keon definitely looks like a girl who's down with the roller derby. And all these other things that he's like, oh, we're going to do all this stuff. And she's like, why have you not asked me what I wanted to do about any of these things? And then she basically just reads him for filth in front of a room full of people at karaoke. And it's honestly excellent. But then it's still all about Mark having a lot of feelings about Frost. And the show never super acknowledges the incredibly terrible way that he creeps on her and does not respect her humanity and does not even see her as her own person, but simply a vessel that sort of looks like a girl he liked one time. It's gross. I hate the storyline so much. Like, I can't believe we're still seven episodes into this and we have no idea what Keon is because later she gets upset when Mark tells her that he's leaving town to find himself or work on himself or whatever. She gets upset and like flash freezes the family brunch. Awkward. But also why? (laughs) Who cares? People weren't I, mad enough about that, by the way. I would have yeah. been curious. <laughs> I know. She totally froze, like, the mimosas and everything. Oh, my God. I agree. I, <laughs> Everyone I, I was, was so hyped like... for that casserole. And, then <laughs> <Yeah. she froze. laughs> and that's the only it. good thing Cecile has done that people are actually excited about. Like, a good piece of food. Like, um, I don't know. To to mind the gap point in the chat, like, maybe this is supposed to be a story about Mark's grief or whatever. But, number one, I don't care about Mark's grief. Because Caitlin is dead and nobody seems to give a crap about that. But we're supposed to care that he's sad about Frost. And two, none of the story is about any of the women in the story. Like, it's not about Keon. It's not about Caitlin being dead. It's not even about Frost being dead. It's about how it impacts Mark. And he is the character that is basically brand new on this show. I don't, like, who cares? Why does he get this kind of story this far into the final season? And I don't, I just hate everything about the Keon story, guys. I'm sorry. Keon Corner is just like the this is fine dog area right now. It's just on fire. <laughs> it's, it's, like, it's like our dark version of Baltimore boardroom of like, what nonsense will what nonsense will they give us this week with Mark? Zero days without nonsense. <laughs> Lena had like good outfits. As I was say, Mark. with boardroom or ballroom, it was really just like what insane thing is Lena going to wear into an inappropriate setting? But Keon Corner seems more fraught. <laughs> Keon Corner is very fraught because Keon is just like I just don't know. I, 
I said I've said this so many times already, but like I just don't know why they were like, you know what we should do for the final season is definitely jettison this OG character who's been here since the series pilot, have no one mourn her loss or really even acknowledge it and introduce a brand new character that you will never get to know in 13 episodes and won't care about. That is a winner. Yeah, the like- Keon thing is weird because it, it truly feels like people are more upset about Frost dying than Caitlyn. Like, no one really mentioned Caitlyn at all in this episode, but there was no. a lot of, like... They legit have not mentioned her since the second episode. She's just dead and no one gives a You know what they did they in the second on. episode? You know what they did in the second episode, too, like, except that she was gone? They went to a dance club. Sure. I kid you not. Oh, right, they, they also- did. They all went out. And then they also voted like, about out. bringing her back. Did we mention that? That they yeah. know there is a scene where oh six gosh. characters are standing around and voting which one do we save? Rebecca, like, Morgan, I wish I could make this up. No. They so literally vote. That is callous. Oh, jeez. They don't the seem thing, like they're great. The, friends. I know how <laughs> bring Caitlin back by the end somehow magically. So because... wait, did they vote not to bring Caitlyn back? Yeah, they voted for Frost. Wow. And then Keon was like, JK, I vote for myself. Boom. <laughs> wow. I was... hope Caitlyn comes back at the end and she's just like, none of you people are my friend anymore. <laughs> I'm taking uh... my blue streaks and I'm getting out of here. <laughs> 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 yeah, I mean, we just, so, uh, like uh, Rachel just said, um, you know, I really I was gonna ask if they really fridge Frost, and I don't think they meant to because Frost's death is actually very like the episode she dies in is very powerful. She sort of sacrifices herself fighting Deathstorm, but like literally everything that has happened since she died has been about undoing like the agency and power of that choice, and it's now just like, well, we're gonna resurrect her whether she likes it or not. <laughs> I hate the storyline so much, guys. It doesn't sound great. It's not great. <laughs> I, 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 I do, I do feel, you know, like that's the thing. Like even people who don't even like Caitlyn, they even feel like this was like horrible to do this to her. It's like, yeah, like, not even like like a mourning episode. Like not even like, grieving. It's like yeah, they again. I love that we got to see Baron Iris dance, but it's like it's literally <laughs> right after, but literally like on it went grave. dancing to celebrate <laughs> Caitlyn's life. Okay. Oh no. <laughs> Morgan, oh I wish I was. Yes, we voted. Up. Sorry, we voted for you to stay dead. Let's get a <laughs> shot. Everybody, shots. How do we even like? So how, how are you even going to explain that? Because the thing is, like, there's no way Caitlyn is going to be gone by the series. No, now, there's right? no way. But she's going to come back in like the next to last episode, or like the last episode, and then she will not. And, and then her arc for the final season of the show will have been Morgan being does. dead. <laughs> <laughs> well which is great to be fair like i i haven't caught up i haven't kept up with the flash at all but it did seem like for a, a couple seasons there they truly did not know what to do with caitlin at all oh they was haven't for still years true? they, okay. they yeah, never yeah. figured it out <laughs> that was my vibe as i well. mean the only move they had was she's gonna get a boyfriend who's gonna be evil and she then once they realized those, that right? people were onto that they were like jk she's Got a person living in her head. <laughs> That's Wait, better. And then she dates this really nice, boring guy, but breaks it off because she tries to revive her dead husband instead. So, <laughs> not and the guy, the dead and husband was, was just much fine hotter. with it. 
they were in that same bar, by the way. And she, he was just like, "It's a one." Bar. I understand. It's like the I bar. understand. I understand. It's it's our. Oh my God, Rebecca! It is our die bar. It's a uh, Morgan and Rebecca. It's our yeah, alien oh, yeah. bar. That's, that's oh yeah, that reminds like, yeah. me. I actually uh, watched earlier this week the movie Three Faces of Eve with Joanne Woodward, and I was like, "This is just like a better version of the Caitlin storyline." <laughs> And it also does end with, you know, all other personalities except for one dying. And it's like the Keown personality that lives. So maybe that's what Eric watched. And then he was like, wait, I have a great idea. (laughs) (laughs) I want to see all the different versions of Caitlyn's, uh, like, battle it out, like, battle royale style before the end of this show. And then, then like, there's, like, a couple that we didn't even know were there, but they (laughs) have, like, purple streaks. Exactly. Each version has a different uh, streak in her color streak in her hair. And then like by the end of the series, it'll just be like Hunger Games style who wins. <laughs> and then and then suddenly walks in Body. A bunch of Tom Ka- suddenly a bunch of Tom Kavanaugh doppelgangers walks in. They're like, wait, us too. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't allow that. <laughs> yeah. yeah they, oh yeah, they, they all died. They um they all died. Oh. They sac- they said they, they sacrificed themselves for the speed force. All the wells all, died. All of the Harrison Wells's? <laughs> Every wow. Oh, I forgot yeah. about that. all. Right. I love that. Like this is my favorite episode of the Flashback season nine because I, I love to just get to ca- catch Rebecca Morgan up on some of the good things, but then some of the nonsense <laughs> that has happened over the last couple of years. Because oh you my know, gosh. look at in the chat, Carla, Caitlin's mom didn't even mourn her. No, no, she did not. We don't know. Brutal. We we don't. I definitely know. read that as Caitlin's mom didn't even mom her, and I thought that that was correct. <laughs> also, <laughs> also accurate. That's also, also accurate. right. Probably. Does Carla know? Does Carla know though? Maybe they forgot they to tell call her. her about something? They didn't. No, they called her. Chester called her about whatever is going on with Keon's like. No. Whatever that BS <laughs> crap about that makes Frost different than Meta's. Like Frost is a cool Meta, who but they called her. They called Carla her. to be like, "Hey, what's up with this blood sample?" <laughs> I hate These it here. Horrible. These are horrible people. <laughs> Wait, he actually didn't tell her. They're they're not good friends. I think we've established that. <laughs> really bad friends. Really bad friends. They um, don't deserve a brunch invite. They all are disqualified from the brunch. Um, um, I still want to see the brunch though. I still want to see the friend the super friends brunch. Yes. Oh yeah. Dang, that like, could be I a better interlude than last I week. I, I don't. I, I was like, I'm just imagining Carl being like, I don't really want mimosas, but like, I want like the snacks, like, because you know, like, there's she, lo- you know, Carl loves her some snacks. Like, remember yeah. this in relatable. Mem- <laughs> she like always eats a cinnamon roll. Am I making that up? No, I think cinnamon roll, donuts, pot stickers, lots of donuts, yeah, pot stickers. I remember those. Brainy like was like showing his love for Nia and like he swerved her off with like these with these like food box. I don't know what they were. That was uh, when Brainy was going through his weird eating his feelings of yeah. character art <laughs> by making other people eat. I remember. I, I mean, again, also relatable. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this would have been fun. I, I, I think Morgan will get this one. Uh, I want a car. Car so hard to hang out any donuts. Oh, uh, I would love that. That would have been great. Zari, um, another character who has multiples, but but neither of those disappeared oh or got uh, blue streaks that I know of. Yeah, they just live oh in a God, bracelet. I don't know. <laughs> she did live in the bracelet, so I mean, but like she said, we knew where she was. 
I I just like like for someone like Rebecca just to have it here on the outside. She moved into her bracelet. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> like, he's like, was like, it was like, it was it roomy in there? It was. It was yeah, like actually, a surprisingly it was, so. Yes, yep. she had a whole living room in there. At some point, her it was boyfriend nice was in with her. <laughs> it's it great. Great. Oh yeah, yeah, Nick Zano lives there now too. <laughs> yeah, Nick Zano's in the bracelet as well. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the Arrowverse. The Arrowverse. Anyway, back on point, does anyone else have any Keoed Corner thoughts to share? Or I feel I? so bad for Caitlin. I know. <laughs> That's all I feel. I, um, I found that, um, that bar scene to be painful to watch. Yes. Yes. Like all the all the bar patrons being like, Mm-mm, "No, he didn't." Like, what's happening? It was so random. It was the fandom. There was a fandom speaking on behalf of us, uh, being like, "I feel you like don't deserve that." One one of them, two of them would have been funny. The fact that it continued through the whole scene got to be a little bit like I was like, "Get me out of the scene! You got to get me out of the scene." Would it I have assume been it's because it's the... the only bar, and they all know each other because <laughs> it's the only bar. Would it have been better if they argued through song? There was yes, a karaoke. Absolutely, it would have been better. Did, did, did a, a duet argument, I think. They could have made that work. What's a good song they could have uh, done with that? Like, I'm thinking like like, like an sync or Backstreet. Back Take Street me for what song. I am from what's Rent. The, I was yes. going to say, what's the High School Musical song that Troy and Gabriella <laughs> The I Gotta Go My Own Way song? Oh my god. <laughs> Here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I'm getting fed up with Mark. I mean, listen, like, it, it was nice that we got to see a lot of him, but then he's like, I have to put Oh, on yeah, the running again. joke of how he never wears shirts is old now. Sorry. Yeah. Rebecca Morgan, he, this is a man whose costume in Vancouver is. Who, by the way, his powers, he's cold powers. His mm-hmm. cold powers. Just know that when you hear about his outfit. Yeah, his he ha- he has a yellow uh, leather jacket, but he never zips it. But there's no shirt underneath. So this man, this poor man, is standing in Vancouver weather, just showing his abs in the coldest weather ever. That seems cruel to the actor. <laughs> and this is why he's doing his own stunts too. And I'm like, how is this possible? So when he's like, I don't, I, I never like shirts anyway. I'm like. Is that a is that an actor? Was the actor speaking to us, or is this the, the show that forcing him to say that? Because like, no, I'm actually very cold. Before he heads off uh, into the sunset, they're like, "I'm sorry, you're gonna have to whip that shirt off one last time." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of dreaming there. A lot of yeah. You know, I I I wish Nia had been just being like, Keon, I can t- I can show you what the dream is because I have powers. that just be like, hey, let me just tap into your minds and you can see his dream. She didn't want to see that. She didn't want to be no. there. <laughs> but yeah, Morgan, can you go back to what you were saying before about Keon's outfit at the end? Because I'm like, this was such a shit. What was it? Like? Oh, you- yeah, no, it was. A, I I think I described it as like coastal grandma chic. Um, she looked like somebody from a Nancy Myers movie. Um, it was like it was like a weird cape thing, but it was and also like a, kind of a turtleneck. I think. Yeah. Yeah, it was like Real. a turtleneck cape, and I was like, "How old is she? A hundred, but also <laughs> stylish. Like she, <laughs> she looks like a very stylish, like rich old woman." Uh, and then she stands up, and you find I mean, out the dream. that 
it's the dream honestly that is the dream listen i'm (laughs) that her outfit was aspirational i'll be honest she looks like somebody who owns a beach house and then she stood up (laughs) and her her sweater was like it didn't go all the way down so it was short and she had like a, a shirt on underneath it and i was like What's happening here? Okay, my head's been alive for like two months. She doesn't understand clothes. I think (laughs) she knit that sweater and didn't finish. (laughs) Yes. I just realized something. Oh no, this is even worse now. So technically, Keon is like one month old. And Mark has a thing for her? It's probably best not to think about that. Why am I thinking so much about this episode? Like, what is happening to me? I'm usually way more shellax about it. Marcus, the worst. Part of the problem for me was that the rest of the episode is so good that, like, yes. literally every time it switches to the Mark and Keown story, you just, like, get infuriated that it's so terrible. I was also annoyed that it was like the 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 note that the episode decided to leave off on. So like you have this really good story with with Nia and with Iris that really like dives into like Iris's like journey, and then uh, occasionally it's just interrupted by this weird thing with Keon. And then at the end of the episode, it's like okay, well we gotta resolve the Keon thing. And I'm like, do you? You don't have to. <laughs> they, they tried to connect it a little bit with the beginning where he was asleep and dreaming. So they were trying to tie his, you know, I guess thematically <laughs> trying to have him dreaming while Iris and Nia were dreaming and in dreams and in the dream realm. Uh, so I appreciated it from that. But I think I really liked the editing editing in this. And I've, I've been a video editor for, over, mm, I don't want to say how long, but a very long time. <laughs> And uh, so I appreciated all the hard work that went into editing what they did because there was a lot of cuts, a lot of fast cuts and things. But I think it would have been better maybe for me if they had come out of the dream realm into that storyline with Keon and um, Chillblain a little, I don't know, have like a some sort of transition effect or something that would take you out of the dream realm back into that. Because the transitions back into that storyline were kind of... Uh, I don't want to say awkward, but they it was kind of jarring when it was kind of coming in and out of the dream realm. So that would have been my my editing critique for that is that it it felt like it almost didn't fit. Yeah, I'm not saying from an editing standpoint, the way they cut the two bar scenes was kind of weird too. Yeah, it was uh, spot on. What what Rebecca Mad said. Yeah, I uh, it felt like the like the <laughs> this is gonna sound so mean. The the Keon and Mark stuff is like the annoying commercials that we have to put up with during the show. <laughs> it, the- it really did feel like that. Like the, the rest of the narrative just came to a halt every time you had to go back to their stuff. And you're like, no, please. <laughs> like, you know, like imagine like all the other scenarios we could have had, like, you know, like Nia and Iris, you know, being like, you know, like they, you know, maybe they worked at every newspaper that exists, like Daily Planet, Central City Media, Gotham Gazette, just something like that. Or like they could have played Baltimore, Baltimore Boardroom or something like that. Like again, like we didn't need, we don't need Mark. I love John Corp, but we don't need Mark. We definitely don't need Cecile because in this episode, like again, like she, the one time we needed her powers to work, she's like, <laughs> but I cannot. 
<laughs> leveled up my ass. Uh, and like, oh my God. And I, I was so scared that Eric was going <laughs> to, Eric, if you're watching, I mean this with love, but I was so scared that he was going to have Nicole say that she was like, I'm trying to level myself up. I'm like, don't do this to her. Don't do this to her. So like, and she's talking about like, I'm trying to grow my power. I'm like, don't say it. Don't say it. And then she didn't say, I'm like, oh, thank God. And then Mark happened. And I was, I was like, oh, well, F me anyway. Um, I did love the 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 audience, the, the crowd in the bar, and kind of like chiming in because I'm like, they're either the writers are self aware and knowing that fans on Twitter are not gonna like the storyline, so they're just gonna be like, we're just gonna make these Twitter, we're gonna make, we're gonna take actual tweets and make them into characters, <laughs> and just have to observe. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I I caring for the storyline, I did not. And I'm like, oh, also, by the way, another Buffy little illusion. When Mark is like, I have to go, I have to go, <laughs> I have to go uh, find myself. I'm like, Spike? Spike season six? <laughs> uh, we do not talk about season six of Buffy. We do not. But that I was, was very. I had, I had other Buffy tie-ins because I was like, is this whole Keon thing? Is this like their, uh, is there like their, their like Angel Illyria moment? Because. Oh my god. She also had blue streaks in her hair, but she was like interesting and evil. And Keon just loves plants apparently, so not quite. Yeah, she's like she's like she's like the like the like the, the like the Zen version of poison ivy. Um, <laughs> uh, Zen frost. Uh uh let's see. I mean, let me just see what the chat is saying. Oh New Regal's saying, even funny for Morgan because of team level up in the Legends podcast. <laughs> That's that's true. Wait, what? Wait, what happened? Team level up, I believe, and Rachel can correct me if, if I'm not remembering. I think that was a cat's team on a on the last uh, season of Legends of Tomorrow when we did like a fantasy draft, like a fantasy football, uh. where we all drafted characters, and then we uh, <laughs> and then we went by the MVP poll who won uh, to find out who was going to win the season. I did because I had Sarah Lance. <laughs> a huge advantage. <laughs> oh, the enemy people. I remember I would always like sometimes like check in and be like, what, uh, who's winning here? I'm like, oh, of course it's Sarah. And then the next week I'm like, I wonder who won this week. Like, oh, it's also Sarah. My favorite so. was when Sarah Lance would win the polls, but she was like in a coma that episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I'm like, come on, guys. Now it's not even, that's, that's not even right. <laughs> Before, uh, is there anything else you all want to say about uh, about this episode? Again, I think we, you know, uh, there's there's no singing to singing tunes for Mark. Um, there, but, you know, like anything else you all want to gush about? Because again, me and Iris is the only reason I watch this episode. <laughs> yeah, I mean, other than my question of why can't Iris work from home, uh, <laughs> I thought the storyline was pretty pretty good, and I think the way that they were able to involve Nia or the dreamer in this, I thought was actually a way that was productive for the storyline and for the characters. So I was glad to, to, to see that. And um, dreamer is a character who has sort of uh, outlived the show. And so uh, I thought, I thought it was a good crossover to have some Supergirl in the final season of flash. Cause unfortunately we didn't get the flash in the final season of Supergirl. So I was, I was glad that, um, that there could be a Supergirl presence in there. I was a little iffy about uh, uh, Nia saying that Iris was her career r- role model uh, since she does have a lot of catco ties. 
But other than that, I thought the that was some brunch they had. (laughs) (laughs) Kara has had uh, brunches with her super friends on the show, so that's not uh, out of the realm of possibility. But uh, but I thought this was a great way to include Nia, and um, and she actually used her dream powers a lot of times on Supergirl. She used her dream energy to do crazy things like stop a tidal wave. But here on the Flash, (laughs) but on the uh, but on the Flash, she actually used her dream abilities and her dream uh, interpretation and things like that. So I really enjoyed that because I think that's probably the coolest part of Dreamer for me is the the dream, you know, the precognition or the dream abilities, the dream interpretation. I always thought that was my favorite part of the Dreamer character. So to see Dreamer come on the flash and uh, use her abilities that way, I thought was uh, really great. And so uh, I hope that uh, flash fans enjoyed seeing Nia and uh, the dreamers abilities. So um, I just, uh, I just enjoyed it. I thought it was a great episode of TV. I had a couple of critiques, but I thought as a, as a someone who has not seen the flash and probably four seasons uh, being able to jump into this episode and actually watch it and get something out of it, uh, I thought it was great. And Mel- not Melissa, I mean Morgan. <laughs> See, I did it. It only took me an hour and thirty two minutes. Yeah, I mean I, I, Mo- Morgan is a Supergirl, so if you're you if you are connecting are her to <laughs> Melissa Benoist, I think it's fair. Um, you no, know, I really I agree with what Rebecca said. I really liked this one. I thought that they the way that they worked in Dreamer in this episode was really good. She had like a character arc. She connected to uh, Iris's character journey. Uh, she brought something to the episode. Um, we haven't always seen that in these crossovers. <laughs> Alex Danvers, uh, mm-hmm. Alex Dirty in the last one. Uh, but this, I think that they did a really good job. I don't know if like Nicole was in the background, like scribbling things on the script. Uh, but it felt very much like a, a great appearance for Dreamer and as Rebecca said, like we couldn't, it would have been great to have Barry because uh, Car and Barry are such good friends. It would have been great to have him pop up in the final season of Supergirl, but the whole COVID situation made that really difficult. And so it couldn't happen. So it's nice to see a Supergirl character pop up in the final season of the flash. And I'm glad that it was in like a really good episode that got into, you know, like character arcs and stuff like that. Um, the the stuff with Keon I don't understand uh, and I don't care for. Um, but the rest Thank of the you. episode <laughs> I thought was really good. And I, I really enjoyed it. And as Rebecca said, I also haven't watched The Flash in many moons. Uh, and so the fact that I was even able to follow like the story and I enjoyed the episode ha- coming into it cold, like not having watched a show in like five years, I think is also kind of like a testament to like they made it approachable for people who were going to pop in for the you know the supergirl cameo um but i think that the episode overall was enjoyable uh if i heard better things about the final season i might have like been like huh let's let's see what's going on but i think i mean if you watch Bat- i mean if you like Batwoman, i think you will get a kick out of the first graphic novel for the season but uh but uh <clears throat> episode six is um <laughs> not so good uh this is i think i think this was uh, our reaction like this is the best way to sum up our feelings on episode six. What the f- going on in here on this deck? <laughs> <laughs> I get crazy with clips sometimes. Uh, like this one, I think Todd is gonna love that I play. How are you doing, Tatiana? I am doing great. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite. Tatiana is amazing. 
Obviously <laughs> not me. Yeah, Tatiana, that he could possibly be talking about. <laughs> uh, before we get going, because um, I know it's it's getting a little late, so um, before we get to feedback, Rebecca Martin, do you? This is this is your one opportunity to jump to your into your dreams for the night, or do you want to stay for the feedback session? Oh, I might have to jump into my dreams and uh, <laughs> go to sleep here soon. But um, but thank you all for having us. Uh, yeah, well, of course, great. thank you for coming by. It was so much fun. We're we're pretty pretty ignorant about the Flash, so I'm glad uh, we had uh, something maybe we could add as value to, to y'all. Oh, you did, you did. Listen, this is probably like the only time this season I enjoy a Keon discussion because again, it's like <laughs> presenting to you guys of like, hey, Caden is dead. They went to dance, and Keon is like just here now um but uh, but but before you guys go tell the listeners where they can find you guys and tell if if somehow they're foolish enough not listen to Supergirl radio which by the way congratulations just hit their 400th episode as of this tuesday congratulations mm-hmm. you're you're older than the flash party is now so it's like you know <laughs> you, you you may cover the second fan superhero but you are the longest running podcast it's, it's still maybe debatable i think, I think so. there's oh, some well, debate there yeah. i will say i will say cara <laughs> is the fastest woman alive i will give her that she's the fastest woman alive at least okay so faster than jesse quick is what we're saying well, Jesse Quick is dead, so... Oh, okay. Well, oh, man. <laughs> Everyone's dead on this show. This is brutal. Supergirl um, never killed anyone off except for William Day, but, like, the Flash is killing off everyone. Oh, my God. I poor forgot William. about... Oh, poor, poor... Well, William, William had a funeral. So they, they he mourned. did. They, they mourned. They were Wait actually minute. quite upset Wait about him, and he just showed up. <laughs> he got a funeral? And... Yeah, oh, yeah. Everybody oh, yeah. showed up. Everyone was so sad about it. Yeah, they were really broken up. Caitlin got a dance Sorry, Caitlin. <laughs> <laughs> what if that was just in her will of like, you know, if I die by mysterious circumstances, don't cry, just dance. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, tell everyone they can find you guys uh, on social media and uh, tell them about why Supergirl is the best Supergirl podcast in the entire multiverse. Because that's a yeah. fact. Yeah, if you want to listen to all 400 episodes of Supergirl Radio, I highly encourage you to do so. Uh, you can go to supergirlradio.com. We have an archive of all of our episodes there, and you can find out when we are going to be live there as well. And uh, you can check us live out. Live and wired. <laughs> live <laughs> and wired. Uh, if you have any thoughts you want to share, you can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com, and we'll share your uh, emails and thoughts as feedback you can also check us here uh on the dctv podcast the youtube channel so we are live and wired every tuesday night at 9 p.m eastern and uh we just have a good time we're revisiting uh some of season one uh but we'll probably do a lot of cool things leading up to the flash movie because supergirl's in that uh so we just oh, there's, a, there's a flash movie coming out there well i'm still a little you mean skeptical. the greatest movie of all time yeah wait, 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 hold on hold on hold on, hold on, hold on. Tom Cruise. Oh, approved. hi, Tom Cruise. What, <laughs> what did you think about this episode of The Flash? Hello? <laughs> he, he didn't want to talk about it. I'm he hearing he to talk it. about the movie. That's, that's the thing. <laughs> Citizen Kane, move over. That's the funniest <laughs> thing you said that we were going to Citizen Kane move. They're, yes. really, they're really hyping up this movie. I, I expect nothing but the best at this point. I only have high, sky high expectations for the Flash movies. So um, we, we are going to be talking about all things Cars RL on Supergirl. So if you like the character of Supergirl, uh, come check us out. We have a lot of fun. We have a good community of people who join us every Tuesday. So come and uh, hang out with us. And if you and, want like a yeah. 
a, like a quick snapshot of what it's like to listen to the podcast, you could listen to re- the beautiful 400th episode it's that Rebecca three hours edited. long, but it's it is great. three hours long. But it listen, was the best stream taste, ever. <laughs> <laughs> it's quality. It's like. uh, that is, uh, I, I forgot that there was actually a video version that's on the DC TV podcast, uh, YouTube page and also on the, uh, podcast stream. So that's going to go over our last 100 episodes which is insane. And uh, more, okay, let me see if I remember all everyone's handles correctly. At Mojotastic on Twitter, Instagram, at the Derby Kid on uh, Instagram. You can I also always, find me on Vero if you're on no. Vero. I'm, uh, I at always Derby mix there. up if it's the, 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 yeah, the Dreamer, the Derby Kid. See, everything's got to have a, a the in front of it. And of course, you can also find Morgan on the the Tomorrow podcast, aka Literary Ladies. So uh, there's links to there's everyone's stuff in the show notes in the video description. But guys, thank you so much for coming by. I, again, this was like the one crossover I wanted this season. Again, no offense to any of our, I love all our guests, but like I was like, but we're we the best. <laughs> <laughs> listen, listen, Supergirl is. I mean, it's you're you're all my you're my 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 first spinoff. So you know, like, of course, I'm like I wanted this to happen for the final season. So and what a great episode we got to do for with uh, Miss Nia now and uh, and yeah guys if you they were talking about uh, Nicole May's upcoming graphic novel she you guys can t- hear them talk about it on Supergirl Radio uh, yeah we'll, we'll cover the, the news about out. it and then uh, talk about it and maybe we'll try to have Nicole back at some yeah, point because uh, 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 Nicole is always uh, I think Liz this mentioned it was always a, a good interview She's such a uh, fun interview I think uh, 2024 but I, we, don't, we don't have a lot of details as of yet I think she's still writing next it year? Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought she had finished writing it. Okay. Yeah. All right. But, but ladies, fingers for stopping by. And, uh, we, you know, listen, I mean, we're, Flash Pockets will still be around after season nine for some reason. I mean, we will have fun. But hopefully we'll maybe do something then. But have a great night and uh, have a great week. Thanks All for right. having us. This was so fun. Yeah, yeah thanks for having us on. Bye. Bye. Bye, everyone. Okay. Uh, now we have a lot. We have a lot of feedback to go through. So, um, uh, who usually does tweets? Me. It's lazy. Okay, the tweets. Uh, Kenny Crayley says, "Wow, the streams was good. Love the stuff with Dreamer, Neonal, and as a huge Supergirl fan, this episode felt like the world's finest crossover from Supergirl season one, but with Nia and Iris. I loved Iris and Nia's, Nia's team up best part of the episode." At CalL84 says it was absolutely one of the best episodes of the season as it pertains to the A plot of the episode. I could have done without the B plot in all honesty. Us too, buddy. Us too. At X Patton's World says one out of two episodes I have enjoyed. Kind of wish it was in an earlier episode, especially coming off of Iris's insecurities of things happening from the math book in episode one. Wish some stuff wasn't in it, but I feel like that's going to be how I feel throughout this season. Enjoyed Nia and Iris together. Love Barry worrying about her and the baby. Wish the B-plot was gone and we got more of Barry. Wanted to see more of what he was feeling while Iris was in that state and would have liked to have seen the calls he was making. At BJF Star Stargazer says, I absolutely felt this episode 907 was finally another enjoyable episode like episode 901. It had a Hitchcockian vibe to it. It was a pleasure to see and just be entertained again with the similar feel of season one intrigue. Also some added West Island cuteness and fun. Lots of heart emojis. Uh, at Flash TV News says, I Hi, love Craig. seeing... 
Hi, Craig. I loved seeing Nia again, and even more so, it was great to see Iris get a focus, especially after the previous episode, disappointed with not of enough, not enough of her or Barry. Hope you all feeling better, Craig. Yeah, he's uh, uh, just coming off of a surgery. So if you're watching Craig, hope you're doing better and uh, resting up. Listen Rest to your doctor. well, Craig. And then we have some Facebook Instagram comments uh, from John Patrick Van Pelt says, Hey, one of the Flash podcasts. I found this week's episode of The Flash interesting. One, I find it kind of cool to see Nia's dream going from door to door. Two, I did find it even more interesting to see a picture of Joe West at the Central City Police headquarters in Nia's dream. Oh, I missed that. Uh, I did find it a little amusing when Bay was trying to t- wake Iron and Nia by mentioning Cisco, Kara, and John Lee with extra help. Yeah, I guess they were all. They, they just send him to voicemail. Uh, at Sky underscore the artist says, love that. The Iron and Nia team was so lovely and amazing. Love the Wasal moments as well. The jitter scene was so refreshing. At Arrow underscore OTA underscore Ulysses says, not bad. I enjoyed seeing Nia again. Iris was great. The dream of Apollo was poorly written in my opinion, but I will give them a 10 out of 10 for not seeing Devil Leon. <laughs> <laughs> I I didn't like the knee explain her powers. She, she has uh, she has she's been not only a main character but a popular one for years. We know who she is and had insult to injury. They add the blue field of flashback. You don't need to show us that. See, I can actually understand why they added the super the super cool flashbacks because it's like it's been like three years since we've seen characters it's seen Nia. So I do get that. If the writers want to steal to have lines in every episode, don't make them things we know or things that you, you we, we, we will see. You could have completely cut her out and nothing would change. Yep. At Merman Rogers said, loved it so much. I hope hope we see Dreamer in the DCU. She told um she's told me she's waiting for a call from James Gunn. Oh, I hope James Gunn will do the right thing and get Nicole Mains involved. And um, you know. I mean, I'm, I mean, you know, I mean, I'm sure some spots are opening up. You know, Zachary Levi doesn't seem to be around anymore. So, <clears throat> and uh, and TV line, TV says enjoyed it, but it was disappointed we didn't see Barry suit up at all. Uh, that's that's sadly the way it, it has to work, because they need to save money. It's just Max Twenty Three says, "Bro, why can't they do what <laughs> they, they literally open up with? Bro, why can't they do what season eight of Arrow did?" Focus all of Oliver till the end. I don't. I don't need no pointless episodes like the, the one two weeks ago, nor the one today. Just give me a full on Barry Allen as a flash. It's just so much to ask. Jeez, um, I get why people are frustrated, but at the same time, Arrow's had fewer episodes, so they and also I think they also had a better budget for their final season because I, I, I feel like it's become very evident that Flash is have there's they're having to do certain things. Because of money, then also because there's some just writing choices that we just don't agree with, but I, I get the frustration. And then <laughs> Michael Lou Six, Sydney, uh, Sydney Nadell, and Rod Soul Seventy Three had all the same comment. Loved it. You know what? Short and sweet. Um, now, now, Tari Breeze for the for our lovely emailed dynamic duo. Uh, kick us off. Yeah. So. Void Allison wrote in last week, which we missed. Apologies. Uh, not sure where to start with my favorite moments for West Allen, since nearly all of their moments are my favorite. But something that's always stood out to me about their love is the lightning concept. I love the fact that Iris is tied to his power, like how she was able to learn his identity in season one because of a spark she had only felt with Barry, or how she was the one who helped Barry get his powers back in season seven. I just adore her. She's the one who always keeps him grounded like a lightning rod. 
and that the two are connected in that way. As for what I hope to expect in the remaining episodes, I don't have my hopes too high, but I just really pray we get good pregnancy scenes between the two of them. I need to see Iris with a belly, Barry talking to the belly, Barry being more worried about her well-being now that she is pregnant, and fingers crossed, I hope so much that we get to see Nora's birth. I don't have high hopes that those things will be what we get, but a girl can dream, haha. <laughs> Would love to see Iris getting a Pulitzer too, with Barry cheering her on in the audience, but I don't have much hope for that either. Well, we got some of those things this episode, just not the way we wanted. Overall, West Elm has been a couple that's raised me in the way over the years. I was 14 when I discovered the show and fell in love with them. Now I'm 23, which is nuts. Aww. They're one of the first and likely only ships I'll ever love to this extent. I'm grateful for the time we've gotten with them for Grant and Candace's amazing chemistry. And I hope their ending is just as good as their beginning. And their Twitter handle is STCR West. They do some amazing fan edits, by the way. So go check them out. Because uh, uh, I was just living through their edits last week after I was saying something. You know, yeah, just living through. I'm like, oh, this is so sweet. Oh, this is sweet. Oh, I'm crying now. This is so emotional. All right. Um, but yeah, I want to make sure we read that because we did miss uh, reading it last week. So, um, but. Uh... Mads, on this week's episode of The Seal. Bill gets the berry treatment and suddenly can't use her powers the way she has before. I guess even Central City's strongest meta has her off days. Shame she couldn't just go visit Jenna in the meantime or something. Anyways, on to the real episode. This is a filler episode I can get behind. I didn't keep up much with Supergirl, apologies to Rebecca and Morgan, but I do love Nicole and I loved her in this episode. We love to see Iris building more friendships, only took us into the final season. <laughs> we also love to see Iris breaking records. What's the record in question, you ask? Obviously, the record for how many times we could see one character die in alternate timelines. Because surely nobody else has done that as often as Iris with Alan. Flash Riders, please stop killing her. Okay, but no, we love to see an Iris-centric episode. An Iris-led episode has been, a long, has been long overdue, and Candace killed it as per usual. I'm also a sucker for one-off alternate reality episodes as long as they involve Barry and Iris still being, you know, alive and happy. So I loved getting to see Iris being a Pulitzer-winning barista cop journalist queen. We love a multi-talented woman. Sidebar, how can I commission a fanfic writer to write the West Allen working at Jitters AU? Can we make that a spinoff? Asking for a friend. That being said, as much as I love a storyline focused on my main girl, I'm not sure I was fully vibing with Iris's motivations this episode. Allegra came to her with a title for an article that just happened to be what she saw in the map book. And for some reason, that alone sent her to a full-on existential crisis. I understand she doesn't want her life dictated to her, but I, that it felt a little extreme for her to suddenly start questioning her whole career path. But I liked the way they tied that up, and Mia's little speech on destiny was wonderful. The B-plot the this episode was something. I legitimately had to pause the episode during Mark's dream sequence because it had me feeling so weird. At this point, I'm starting to get aggravated at the storyline. We still haven't gotten any answers on who or what Keon is, and it's been six episodes of Mark trying to make Keon into Frost in various different ways. And each time she says no, and then he continues to do it again. No means no, Mark. Somebody save poor Keon, please. Anyways, I swear my thoughts on the episode were mostly positive. I love Iris and Nia and Barry being an appropriately concerned husband. I just live, love airing out my grievances too much. Very much looking forward to the next week where we see... West Allen trapped with a Vecna's clock. <laughs> Time to throw on some running home to you to get them out of there. Until next week, Mads. 
Well, if you need some uh, running home to you, I mean, if you're lucky, the, the time me and Tati did karaoke in her car is probably somewhere on our Twitter feed. Um, otherwise, you listen to Grand Cousin sing it because that's, you know, it's obviously the superior version. Although, yeah, although Tati, you, you got some lungs, I will say. No, that. that's very sweet. Uh, Libby writes in High Flash Podcast. Thank you, Hi, Libby. Thank you again for having me on the podcast last week. I had so much fun chatting with you and gushing about favorite Darian Iris scenes. I hope I did all the West Allen shippers proud. Libby, you definitely did them proud. Um, I am so glad we finally got an Iris-centric episode, which I don't think we've had since 610. Iris and Nia were a perfect pairing. Candace always has chemistry with other strong women like Felicity, Ryan, Sue, and Lois. If only we had a Cara, Anissa, or Jennifer Pierce team up. I'd love the callback to Iris's badass takedown of Cicada and seeing how much Nia looks up to her as a role model. This episode was a reminder of how far Iris has come since she worked at Jitters, since she dreamed of being a cop, and her accomplishments as a reporter. I've had issues with the pacing of her journalistic arc over the series, but I'm glad she's getting her Pulitzer. It was interesting that Iris knew she was in the dream world, but still seduced by it, while her imposter syndrome is largely due to Barry spoiling their future, which she should have known better than to do. It was a great parallel to 512 when she was worried about calling her paper the Central City Citizen. I wanted more concerned father and husband buried by Iris's side, but I did love him saying come home, which was, of course, Wes Allen's mantra. Cecile was pointless in the story. Sorry, this had to be said. I actually liked Allegra and Chester. It works better when it's not forced. What was definitely forced was the key on Mark's storyline. Mark's dream sequence needed some kind of content warning, and the bar scene <laughs> was ludicrous. Oh my god, that is so hard. I'm oh. glad those I'm glad those extras got a bigger paycheck. They got their paycheck, because Tatiana likes to say. But the comments from the peanut gallery were so cringe, and after Keon told Keon told him where to stick it, then she feels sad he left, and then freezes breakfast and gets a group hug. All of it just didn't work for me, but at least Mark is out of the picture for a while. Anyway, see you next week for all the West Allen time-traveling shenanigans. Have a great weekend. Cheers, Libby. Cheers, Libby. What's next? What is next? Liv, hey y'all, sorry I missed last episode, but I learned pretty early in life that if there's nothing to say, don't raise it at all. <laughs> I don't think I've talked at length on this podcast, just mostly on my own social media and Instagram group chats, but I keep breaking I promise myself to not to overly work up about how the final season goes and enjoy my class hours uh, when I'm coming from so I get them. Not going to lie, I was with them this episode until the villain turned out to be not a villain and not at all connected to whatever they'll do in the second villain arc. I don't know why I was focused on client, but I was. And that's the issue of the filler in the episodes. Having a transition period from arc structurally makes sense. And Nicole, and to Nicole's point during her flash IP takeover, at the end of the flash to the airworks, Farewell to all of it, bigger than just the flash, uh, but at least let it be interwoven into the bigger picture so that it doesn't feel like wasted time. Especially since these mini spot mini pod storylines tend to be weirdly paced. I feel like in the past, most thrillers still had a background B or C plot of connection to the main season story. Whereas now, the only story consistency is the characters' personal lives, which would be fine if this was a regular drama, but it's not. All I'm saying is we have. I'm saying this like we have more seasons ahead of us, or even episodes, they still have the right. They're done. All that's left is for us to watch at this point. Maybe I'll feel different with more separation than just 24 hours. Also, I know a lot of people didn't like last episode, and at least minimally liked this episode more. My opinion is that the difference is tone and character focus. 
people can only take so much campy courtiness, and there are strong opinions on Cecile and Telegra. When you look at episode six versus seven bare bones, they're essentially the same thing. Internal issues of the characters' personal lives and the effect on someone's powers that are still developing. But then paired with mostly balanced tone versus over-the-top camp and the fact that one is a team up of beloved characters versus the other, a team of a team of ones that few seem to care for, then to add a sour cherry on top, the B-plot is pimp for Mark trying to make Caitlin 3.0 be his Brock's corp bride twice. Anyways, let me reinsert my sunshine. We love these characters and have limited time left with them. With that said, y'all know I love Iris and getting to see her interact with others with other shows' characters, especially since this show never let her have real friendship outside of Barry. It was off screen, but I got my super baddies brunch, so I'll take it. Nia looking up to Iris as a journalist was so sweet, and MVP definitely goes to my newly found one two hundred seventy eighth black sis Nia, <laughs> dropping bars like "Destiny's the culmination of a lifetime of choices," just like Barry and Iris being together. It's destiny because they always choose each other, no matter how long it takes, and they double down every time, period. But also, hopefully this means we can finally close the book on this particular piece of character growth. I know in real life, core insecurities or fears don't just disappear, and you continue to work through them every day, which is why this theme for Iris was recurring, similar to how Barry's obsession with knowing the future is recurring. But I'm ready to move on to something else, like maybe her coming to terms with being a mother from scratch. Being Iris almost get caught up, being CCPD captain and Jitter's manager was cute, too. Dream Barry being the fastest barista alive was unexpected and adorable. I know he probably only is like 50% efficient most of the time, though, shamelessly flirting with the boss while he's supposed to be frothing. Not that Iris is any less shameless. Nia was in crisis feeling the angry sleep start up, and Iris was over there checking her man out, like, ma'am, you're currently unaliving. Can we stay on track, sis? LOL. I flash back to Barry being a child in the salmon letter during Elseworlds <laughs> while Oliver was trying to get him to focus. Now the foolishness that was... The Mark makes a girlfriend B plot. Tasha from Mary to the Real joked in the reaction that the writer has got to be trolling us as a long game April Fool's joke, and I agree, because ain't no way. I talked about the ep- episode tone earlier, and all the episode's momentum got sucked out every time they were on screen. That lackluster ass, hey, from the table when Mark showed up at the West House was on brand. <laughs> Wanted to push his ass down those porch steps. I guess in conclusion, Iris adding Pulitzer to her resume, Barry got it. Iris added Pulitzer to her resume. Barry got a few more gray stress hairs, and Nia got her Ancestry.com results back. <laughs> Elsa's forgotten second cousin owes Cecile grocery money and the, and the team lunch. And Cash Money Mark finally realized he couldn't make Keon. Cash <laughs> Money Mark! Till next week, y'all live. I love how we just all are collectively Mark sucks. So great. Because yes. he does. Because he does. Okay, I'll grab these last two. Uh, Kim Thryson, Dear Flash Podcast, and Supergirl Radio. Uh, While this dream was good, love the stuff with Dreamer and Nianal, and as a huge Supergirl fan, this episode felt like the world's finest crossover from Supergirl Season 1, but with me and Iris. I loved Iris and Nia's team-up, best part of the episode. Hopefully the remaining episodes of Season 9 can now be better from here on out. Thanks, Andy, and the Flash Podcast and Supergirl Radio for every thing you guys do sincerely longtime listener dc tv and flash fan kenny crayley jr then electra writes in hey flash podcast team how are you here are my thoughts on this week's episode all this time and nia still hasn't learned how to interpret her dreams i feel like she kind of did but yeah she she missed the mark a little bit until iris helped her also the bit about the first dreamer had me thinking of the first slayer from buffy 
Uh, I love Iris's hair. I hope she gets to keep it this way. It was good to see Iris getting an A-plot this week. Glad she took Ryan up on the mimosa brunch. I noticed how in both CCPD and CC Jitters, Iris was the boss. Nice shout out to the Snart siblings. I miss Captain Cold. They're really trying to get as much use out of that bar set as possible, aren't they? I honestly yep. thought Mark and Keon were in another dream for a moment with the way everyone was reacting to their argument because who does that? It was cringy. I love how unenthusiastic Team Mark or Team Flash was to see Mark. Same guy, same. Thanks for reading. Was that it? Was that the final one? Yes. Okay. Um, so here's what I will say because I know uh, it's getting late, uh, but I know there's a lot. There's uh, a lot of comments in the chat. So, uh, girls, if you want to take, out, I can I can deal with the live comments if you just want to head on because this could this could take this could take a little while. Um, so. But if you want to say um, that works too. Um... Good night, everyone. I must turn into a pumpkin. <laughs> the... Yes, uh, yeah. At least he got the one eleven thirty uh, um, spell from uh, from <laughs> from the Paragamander. At Lacey and be on Twitter, and you can have all other stuff there. Uh, thank you for thank you all for you know making me feel better about my hatred of Mark and everything to do with this Keon storyline. We're in it together, folks. Yes. Mwah! Bye, Lizzie. Bye. Uh, Toddy Breeze, you want to stay or you want to... You wanna... No, I would like to go back to work. Okay, so add Marcella's air on Twitter, our screenwriter interviews, ladies with gumption, and um... what else is usually plug? So that's my life. You know me so well. <laughs> All right, good night, Hottie. It's Calvin's birthday. Celebrate. Okay, bye. <laughs> and Breeze, you're at Breeze Riley, and oh my, I keep forgetting what what do you do outside of talking about Jenna? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. That takes all of my free time. Um, you can read my stuff at Till Till TV. I reviewed Carlos Valdez's new show last week, so check that out. He sings a lot and is very cute in it. So everyone, go support him. Awesome. Uh, you can also find her at the Eta Studios podcast, uh, Multiverse of Color, and uh, her cat is named after a Riverdale character. That's true, though I freed myself from that fandom. But uh, <laughs> have a good night, everyone. <laughs> good night, please. Okay, viewers, let's say it's just me now. That it's been a long since I actually just did, you know, recorded something with the flashback just by myself. So let's uh, let's just check through the comments before we all go to bed. Uh, Levy says Mark should never should should never have been made a series regular or even a recurring. He's just redundant. But Matt says with Jesse Lee, we had an opportunity to cut down the cast number, and instead we added more. Yeah, see, I I, ta- I was talking to someone the other day about this. Because I, I I remember they were they were feeling, they were feeling something about this as well, and the problem is by cutting down cast members is that doesn't mean we get more of like Grant or Canazone because like some some actors they're just they're just contracted for um certain amount of days to film, um so they will still need to fill out that 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 screen time. But I can say this. They could do with better characters. Like I think this season, you know, with Jesse leaving, you know, I, this would be a good t- time to write out, write out, write out Cecile. This could be a good thing maybe to promote John with a ship, and he could be like kind of like the mentor in the team now and so on. So I totally get that. Um, <laughs> he goes, yeah, that bar scene felt like a dream scene. Um, Matt goes, half of Flash's buddy went to Barry's lightning shield in nine to five. 
Um, Mind the gap goes, uh, wait, didn't the red sky mean bear disappear? Wouldn't I be worried about that more? Or was there a revised, was there a revised headline and article? Well, crisis changed all that, uh, technically. So that's uh, that's something to remember. They 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 that they changed everything. Um, they I think Eric and the writers probably just wanted to still like find a way to tie it back to something with red skies, that it would still be something huge for after you know for Iris to write about, and. Kenny Carly goes, Annie, do you think Melissa Benoist will show up as Supergirl car in the series on the flashback for a cameo? Unless I have not been told, unless I have, as a writer, I haven't heard that she filmed anything. Um, I wouldn't expect too much cameos. Um, there'll be some surprises, though. So I will say. Um... Let's see what else have you guys been talking about. Um, Electrical Spike is a million times better than Mark. Yes, I agree. I love and James Marshall. He's a he's a he's a legend. Uh, Liv goes. I'm going to assume the implication uh, is Iris is one of Nia's role models. Uh, yeah, I think that's what she. I think that's what she meant too. But you know, she just said it a little differently. Um, and let's see. Um. Kiara goes, hi, Kiara, good to see you, by the way. I wish you visualized had as much time with Candace Pan as she did with Nicole Maines. I, yeah, I get it. Um, and let's see. Kenny Carter goes, congratulations on 400 episodes of Supergirl Radio, Rebecca Morgan. Yes, uh, it's, goes, it's, a, it's a great episode. with a, a, It's a huge celebration. Go check it out. Uh, it's available now to listen and watch. Um Mads goes, honestly, I don't want many cameras in the finale. Just give me baby Nora and a good resolution of Baron Eyes' story. And it's more of a sorrowful question, but I can I guess I can answer this. Andy, when will Star Wars season be released on Blu-ray and DVD from Warner Bros. Home Entertainment? It's been five months, still no word on it. There is a chance that I mean if they haven't announced it by now, there's a chance that they may only get a DVD release and not a Blu-ray release. Because I know some of the DC shows never got Blu-ray releases. Um, they only got DVD releases, so I don't know. I haven't heard anything. I'm afraid, but um, let's see. What else have you guys been saying in the chat? <laughs> Chainsaw goes. Why do they keep repeating Chillbase crap every episode? He keeps screwing up. I just want to scream. Do something else with chill crap. <laughs> okay, that was actually kind of that. That was actually kind of good. Um. Yeah, a lot of these comments we've already read. Um, oh, that poor team was so obviously uh, a great uh, two twenty three ripoff. Yeah, um, Kiona Mark, it's not, it's not doing it. Um, let's see. Kenny goes, thanks, Andy. As always, love the part in your content. I appreciate it. Thank you. Um, before I we go, um, I want to address something. Um, I want to address something because uh, I know I caused a little bit of a concern um, a few days ago on my Twitter account. Um, I, I've seen a lot of the assumptions, a lot of the questions. Um, it's it's I I feel that. I'm, I don't feel ready. I don't feel safe yet to talk about my complex feelings with the show 
coming to an end. It's not necessarily much about so much about storylines or whatever. So I mean, I know what's coming up, uh, bits and pieces here and there, but it's more so much about my relationship to the show and the show coming to an end. That um, I was not, I wasn't, not, I was not in a good place on on Monday, um, and but I apologize for any for any for anyone that I. That I got for any for any concern I may raise, just know that I will be, you know, I will have more to say for good and bad once the show is over. But right now, I just don't feel I don't feel safe at uh, to fully go out with it. So, but I wanted to address it, uh, and that's kind of also why I wanted to make sure that if anyone wanted to, you know, all that else, if they wanted to take off, so I could just uh, spend some time with you guys and just address this. Um, but, um, but, yeah, I, things will make sense eventually. Um, but it's, um, it's complicated. It's very complicated, to say the least. Um, but as always, I appreciate all your support. I appreciate everyone tuning in tonight for what's been a, a very, you know, a double-sized episode, but so much fun. I think we needed some fun again. Last week's episode, we had a great time with uh, with Libby talk, and all you guys talking about why West Allen is a great ship in the Arabers and celebrating some of their favorite moments. And this week, we got, we got to have an amazing uh, adventure with Nia and Iris. So, uh, oh, thank you. Well, thank you, Sky. Thank you. Um, and again, I like I said, I apologize for for any concern I may have raised. Um, you know, I'm. Um, thank you, Mads. Yeah, I um, You know, I I sometimes also forget that I have a lot of people following me. Like, I, I'm not used to like being noticed. So, you know, like, you know, because I yeah, it is what it is. But. Um, but yeah, we will be back next week with episode eight, uh, partisan, uh, partisan crime, where which um, it looks like it's a big West Sound episode. So I'm gonna be tuned in. Um, but you can find me at Andrew Bact. You, you can see hello here. Uh, all of social media, Facebook, believe it or not, Twitter as well. Uh, just remember that even though I'm losing my verification badge, I'm still authentic. I'm still a reporter that has done honest work so you know hopefully i will still mean something when that bad is gone i'm on instagram tiktok uh youtube vero twitch you know you can find me everywhere uh i'm also host of endless multiverse uh and uh, the editor-in-chief of multiverse of color and i'm also senior writer at screen Rant, so go check out all my stuff um but uh yeah that's where you can find me and because this stream has been running really really long we're gonna skip the plugs this week if you want to find the flash podcast all of the links are in the show notes we're part of dc podcast network under multiverse of color so go check that out and um yeah we'll be back next week for episode eight and then the show is going on its final hiatus just for two weeks for two weeks and then we're getting the final five episodes of the Flash season nine without any breaks until May 24th when the show ends forever. But everyone, thank you so much for tuning in tonight. We'll see you next week. So on behalf of Tatiana, Breeze, and Lacey, I'm Andrew Back, and we'll see you next time on the Flash Podcast. Good night, everybody. Stay safe, and see you soon. <laughs>